This episode of Count It Out with Mike and Tyler is dedicated in the memory of the Ugandan giant Kamala. We are live, pal. Welcome to another edition of Counted Out with Mike and Tyler. I am Tyler kicking off the show this week because, as Mike told me, he is not capable to do a two-minute introduction because he likes to talk too much. His words, not mine. Love you, buddy, though. I will kick this off for us. The reason why I want this to be quick today is because we have a jam-packed show. Before we get to the show, I just want to do a quick little bit of housekeeping. Make sure you guys are joining us on Instagram Live at Counted Out 7 on August the 23rd for our SummerSlam preview show. Mike and I are going to be going live at 3 p.m. We're going to be joined by Doug Doucette to do a live musical performance of our theme song. We're going to be talking SummerSlam. We'll talk AEW. We'll talk Impact Wrestling. We're going to talk it all. We want to hear from you guys. And then after that, we're going to be counting down live on Instagram the top seven Randy Orton SummerSlam matches of all time. So it should be a fun get-together for that. Um, also head over to our YouTube page, and if you can subscribe before that show happens, then you will automatically be entered to win a autographed Terry Funk trading card, which we will be giving away on our Instagram live show August the 23rd at 3 p.m. Okay, now that that's out of the way, let's move on to the good stuff. Today's episode is jam-packed. We have the absolute honor of being joined by the elite athlete, Canada's own Nova, for an amazing interview. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything about it. I'm going to just let her speak for herself. Um, But I will say that Nova is absolutely inspiring. She is what a role model should be. Um, I think that it's pretty safe to say that I can speak on behalf of Mike here that we're going to be talking about Nova for years to come, the sky is the limit for her. Um, AEW, WWE, NXT, any of those promotions, Impact Wrestling would be lucky to have her. And I think that she's really going to help shape the women's revolution in the wrestling industry. Uh, so we're going to throw it in over right away. Immediately after the Nova interview, sit tight though, because Mike and I are going to be counting down the top seven tag team breakups of all time. So we got a jam-packed show today. I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to throw it over to Mike and I's interview with Nova and then sit tight after that as we are going to be doing the top seven tag team breakups of all time. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you guys enjoy this jam-packed edition of Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. All right, everybody. Today we have the absolute 
pleasure of being joined by the reigning Northland Wrestling True Patriot Champion and the best thing to come out of Sudbury, Ontario since Porchetta Bingo. It is the <laughs> elite athlete, Nova. Nova, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, thank you so much. Me. Yeah, no, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're really excited to talk to you. We got a lot of great questions for you today. And I just want to start right at the beginning. Um, yes. Were you always a fan of wrestling growing up? And what are some of your earliest memories? Yes, I've, um, I've always been a fan of wrestling growing up. And my earliest childhood memory would be um, I started playing uh, WCW Revenge on my N64. Great game. Yes. And that's one of the only games I still own uh, <laughs> you know, for memory purposes, nostalgia. But um, yeah, so I started uh, playing N64, WCW Revenge, uh, got super, super hooked on that. And it just kind of branched out from there where I got into the WWF at the time. And um, yeah, the rest is history, I guess. So I got to ask them because that's one of my favorite games of all time. Who's your go-to character in the game? Sting. Sting? It was Sting. Yeah, all the yeah, time. Sting's awesome. <laughs> I was more of a, I went with Canyon. He had that big kick. It knocked everybody out. I was undefeated. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you ever get into the revenge? Were you into that game? No, I was more of a PlayStation guy, right? Oh, so I, 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 yeah, I know, I know. I was, uh, I was all WWF attitude. Oh, you poor, you yeah. poor guy. That was good too. <laughs> uh, so what, what are your, some of your, some of your early favorites? And I know you mentioned you were stinging the game. Uh, from, from going and playing the game, uh, you eventually started watching wrestling. Who jumped out and grabbed your attention pretty early? Yes. So. I began um, as a fan in the Attitude Era. So, you know, obviously, D-Generation X, Lita, Stone Cold, The Rock, you know, all of them, they're, they're just the biggest memories for me, and I followed them so closely growing up. Um, Jeff Hardy was my favorite wrestler. That's a, some definitely he's named, he's yeah, he's and he's still going strong too, and he's still awesome. All, like, all the stuff, how, he's how doing. is he still putting his body through that? I have no idea. As, as Matt, as well, right? I mean, absolutely, he's gone through so much. Oh, all the TLC matches, and then I guess with you being in the ring too, you can relate like how they're still even up and, oh, and walking yeah, around. I, I'm only a year in here, and like, how many years have they been going for? You know, after my matches, the next morning, it's so hard to roll out of bed sometimes. I don't understand how they do it. Good oh, for them. Absolutely. Good for them. Mike, you got anything you want to jump in here on? Absolutely. Um, so, like we said, you are uh, the reigning Northland champion. I, I am originally from North Bay. I am a, uh, I am a North Bay boy myself. Uh, so I follow Northland quite uh, fr frequently, and I got to ask, now with his involvement, have you been able to um, have any involvement with Jimmy Garvin at all? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Um, what is it like working that territory? I know uh, it's a very big up-and-coming territory right now in the North Bay area. It is so humbling because um, North Bay, Ontario is very, very close to Sudbury, Ontario, where I'm yeah. from. It's, uh, it was always a very close driving distance to me. I went to North Bay all the time. So it, it's very, very close to my heart. It's in the North. So to be able to perform in front of all of my Northern fans, it's just so humbling. I am so thankful. And it just feels like I'm home. Every time I go, it feels like I'm home. 
when growing up in that area, I, I know myself personally, like I, I grew up in that area in, in the 90s and early 2000s. I found it very hard to see professional wrestling unless I traveled. Uh, was that your experience as well? Did you have to, to go away to see professional wrestling or did you get a lot of stuff right in Sudbury? Not 100%. I was only able to either, you know, play wrestling over my N64 or I was able to research wrestling on my dial-up internet or watch wrestling on TV. And that's all that Sudbury had. And even when it came down to... Um, little less than two years ago, me wanting to try wrestling, there was nothing in Sudbury. Yeah. I had to go out of my way, do my own research, and send a Facebook message to a local company just to kind of get involved and get my feet wet that way. Because that's the only way I knew how to reach out. So Sudbury still doesn't have much wrestling. Rock Solid Wrestling, uh, the owner is based out of Sudbury. And he does oh. put on a lot of his shows around Northern Ontario. Thank God for that. Because yeah. otherwise, um, Northern Ontario doesn't have much indie wrestling. And it's unfortunate because there's a lot of fans up there. I don't think people understand that. But there are there's yes. a huge fan base in Northern Ontario. Oh, gosh. Every time Northland Wrestling or Rock Solid Wrestling puts on a show in Northern Ontario, it's sold out. Yeah. Sold out. Perfect. And, and we're talking about, um, you know, kind of your, your early forte into this business. Um, it's pretty well documented that you had a pretty successful career going before this. What made you decide to switch over and put the focus on professional wrestling? Um, I think it's pretty inspirational. And I, I think it's something that, that people can look at as kind of a follow your dreams type of thing. So how hard is yes. it to, to make that change? It's exactly a follow your dreams kind of thing. And I still can't believe I'm here today. Um, I have been working, I'm 11 years of service now in emergency services. And I was just working out one night in the gym. Raw was on. I'm 30 years old. I'm 32 now. And um, Raw was on, I'm just watching TV, and I said to myself, you know what, this is something I've always wanted to try. I don't know if I'm going to be good at it, but, you know, I'm 30 years old now, I'm not getting any younger, I'm in the best shape of my life, and you know what, I see people's, cha people's lives change every single day in my job. You know, it, ch it changes. You know, things change every day, tomorrow's never promised, so why not go for it? So I just kind of had an epiphany at that time. And I'm like, screw it. I'm going to send a Facebook message right now. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. And the rest is history. Well, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's, very, it's very inspirational because there's a lot of people that always just sit on their dreams and don't take the chance. So to get that out there, I, I think um, I'm going to use the word kind of a role model a little bit because it, it, it's incredible to, to take that chance. And hopefully people can listen to this and, and be like, you know what? Like, we can do this. Like, don't be afraid to take that you next can. chance. Because um, you honestly, you you don't want to be one day on your deathbed, unable to physically do anything, and asking yourself, "What if?" You know what? If I was healthy, I would have done this. I would have done that. You know, you can do it now. Go do it. You know what? You're you're so absolutely right, and it brings me back. Unfortunately, I'm showing my age here. Twenty years. <laughs> 
uh, it takes me back when I was 20, I, I got a, a, an opportunity. I was, uh, uh, invited by Joey legend to go and train with him. And I was too afraid. I didn't do it. I thought I was too small. I wasn't going to be good enough. I, I was going to fail. I didn't do it. I almost feel like if I had the opportunity to listen to somebody like Nova say, Hey, I did this and look at me now, maybe I would have had the, 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 courage to do so so i think people hearing you hearing your success story is going to help not just young females get into the business but just young people in general get into the business for sure we need more success stories like you to come out and say hey i had the balls to do this you can too i think that's great thank you very much and what i have to say about that is you know you're not gonna know how far you can take it unless you try you know what I mean? I, w- one year ago, I wasn't right here, but I worked to evolve that way. I, I put in the work, you know what I mean? So you just don't know if you can even do it. You won't know how far you can take it unless you just give it a try. So just try. So um, you, you, you sent your Facebook message out and how did you get involved with uh, El Tornado? Uh, or tornado, I guess, as you call, yeah, as you so call them now. Yeah, so I sent and... a Facebook message out to Rock Solid Wrestling. And I got a reply back. And it was basically, um, I, I I had a phone call with El Tornado, which is Mark Bartolucci. He's the owner of Rock Solid Wrestling. And we just talked about the business. And I actually, like two years ago, I knew nothing about indie wrestling. Nothing. I only knew, because I'm from Dowling, Ontario, which is about 35, 40 minutes north of Sudbury. Okay. okay. Um, I only knew what I watched on TV growing up. Right. Like, there's nothing out there. It's bush. So I got to speak to Mark Bartolucci. Uh, we met up in January of 2018, 2019, at a local Starbucks for sort of like an interview or a first meet. And we just sat for an hour and talked about the business. And he's just explaining to me, you know, not a lot of women stick around. It's a very, very physical business. And I guess through his experience, you know, a lot of women, once they get that first clock to the face or something, a lot of women don't want to return. Um, It's very athletically demanding. Uh, It's very, very time consuming. It's expensive. There's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of things thrown at me that I would have never known. I couldn't predict. So I have to be able to handle all these things. And I, I wanted to continue. I wanted to go forward and give it a try. So from there on, um, we both scheduled a time where I would learn chain wrestling. Oh, nice. So Sudbury, Ontario doesn't have a ring. So I was learning the wrestling fundamentals in El Tornado's basement of his home. No kidding. So we would basically, I'd show up, we would go to his basement and push aside his couches and put out a mat and he'd teach me chain wrestling. And that's kind of how it started. And he would, because I'm a very, very visual and hands-on learner, he would actually pull out like a video recorder and record what I'm doing. And I can just remember sometimes going to work on night shift and it could be the simplest thing like an arm ringer and but 
it's new to me, so I'm not, I can't grasp it right away. And night shift at work at three in the morning, I'm replaying the arm ringer, I'm replaying and replaying. So it took a lot of work and a lot of studying and a lot of hands-on work, but uh, it's, it's coming along. Well, and you got to, you got to witness firsthand, uh, you managed him for a little while before you started, right? So how much did you get to learn being in that role and, and getting to watch him apply the psychology aspect of the business and, and having a front row seat for that? Yes, when I commenced with Rock Solid Wrestling, I would start various duties such as working hard cam and ring crew, setting up the ring, tearing it down, setting up the chairs, tearing them down. And I then branched out to being El Tornado's manager. And that was a way to get my feet wet in a match and just see how quickly things go when you're directly involved. I mean, it's one thing to watch, but when you're in the moment, things almost feel like they're going times a hundred and you really have to be on your feet in front of the crowd. And it was a very, very good way to get my feet wet. And uh, it was very challenging. And I'm, I'm very thankful that uh, I was able to do that before getting into my own matches. Now, uh, obviously, guys like Tornado, and I'm sure we're going to talk about Tyson Dukes in a few minutes, guys like that uh, had a lot of influence on on where your career went. Um, did you have any, knowing that you didn't grow, grow up watching indie wrestling, did you have any role models when it came to being a female in the business? I mean, you're in a business right now with with people like, like Lufisto, who is has been a big role model to a lot of people and stuff like that did you have anybody like that in your life to help you as, as, more as a, a female in the business to show you you know you know we can do this or or was it more of the the males being a role model the um the we can do this let's go that was trish stratus and the athleticism mm. was lita right yeah fantastic so so what do you remember what was your first actual match my first actual match, that's a good question. Where did I start? <laughs> I started in March of 2019 in London, Ontario at Fanshawe College with Smash Wrestling. Yeah, nice. And I took on Violet Lee. Oh, right on. Yeah. That's so weird that it was only 19. Like, like, like this is, you've already had one of those careers where I feel like I've been watching your stuff for years. I really do. When Tyler told me we're going to have you on the show, I said, because we, we, we interviewed you. I used to be part of a, uh, a, a podcasting company called Wrestle Media, and we, we had you over on that, too. Yes. And, uh, and I remember it was my buddy, Adam, who introduced me to, to your stuff. And Adam I told Hunt. Adam, I, I, told, I told Tyler, I, I, I've been watching Nova for years and years. Well, I don't think she's been going for years and years, but that's what it feels like. You've already had that kind of impact on independent wrestling. Do you? Does that compute to you at all? Do you? Do you see already your impact on the business? In Ontario, yes. I, I don't find there's very very many females who are currently active in Ontario. Right. So I'm trying to get as much spotlight as I can, and just I'm still new, and I still have so many reps to do i have so much practice i need so i'm just going to keep doing what i can do uh, that's in my power to do so at the time yeah 
And you mentioned you mentioned the word practice there. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Mike and I had the absolute privilege to interview Tyson Dukes as well. Uh, how important has he been in your training? Uh, what was it like working for working with him at his school? Uh, and how great is his clothing apparel, Hammerlock clothing? Cheap. <laughs> so uh, quickly before I mention Tyson. Um, so right after chain wrestling with El Tornado, I knew that I needed to start getting uh, physical in the ring. So I actually started for uh, just a summer with cross body pro wrestling in Kitchener, Ontario through Ben Ortman's. So I started learning universal there. Still not wrestling, but then um, I eventually went to Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory in uh, January 2019, just for one month. I had to, because I'm working full time, I had to take all of my annual leave of 2019. Because you know some people take like one week here, one week there, kind of break it up during the year just so they can have that week break in between work. Yeah. I took it all in one shot. I blew it all in 2019. So I literally packed my bags and I moved to London, Ontario, which is about six and a half hours away from Sudbury. And um, just rented a room and got actual regular class training. So it was really cool. And um, yeah, Tyson has been amazing to me. And I, I am eager to continue learning through him uh, once the schools reopened. And now he's launched a new clothing line, Hammerlock Apparel. That's, that's two, Tyson. Now he owes up. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so after, after your training with Tyson, uh, you did some work with Impact Wrestling, correct? I worked Impact's Slammiversary in 2019, and I was one of Sue Young's Undead Bridesmaids, where we oh. came in holding the coffin. Oh, nice. What, what oh, was my whole... I, didn't even, I remember watching that. I didn't even realize that I was you. I almost I have to go rewatch that. Replay. Um, these, those dresses were so big and heavy. Um, I think I grabbed the biggest one and it's just dragging on the floor and I'm coming in holding the coffin with the other undead bridesmaids and I step on my dress and on video, like when you see, and I trip, but I, I quickly regain myself. I catch myself, but imagine that happened on pay-per-view. Oh. <laughs> what, what a story. You would have been on uh, Botchamania with Matthews there, right? Yeah. <laughs> what was what was your overall experience like with Impact though? How did you get in contact with them? Um, do you still have uh, a rapport with them right now? Would we? Is that maybe something we can see Nova in the future doing some more work with Impact? I Wrestling? truly hope so, but at the at the moment, no. Um, I'm not in contact with them. How I got in contact with them was when I was a student through Crossbody Pro Wrestling. Uh, ben Ortman's my uh, my old trainer. He uh, works very closely with Impact. He still does to this day. And um, they they needed some extra talent to work that Slammiversary pay-per-view. Perfect. Uh, and while we're on the topic of Impact Wrestling, something that they've really gone out and taken a chance on over the last year or so is intergender wrestling. Um, yes. How, how does that make you feel to see, you know, they put the world title on Tessa Blanchard, which is incredible. Oh, so how amazing. How, how, what are your views on intergender wrestling? How happy are you to see it kind of getting a more of a mainstream push right now? Um, and, and where do you think that it can go in the future? 
uh, it's um, it's still very new to everybody. So there's such a blended response. I'm very open to it and myself as a wrestler, I think it's uh, very athletically challenging and um, I, I absolutely love it. I, when I saw Tessa win the title, it's, you know, we, we're in the, um, the age of women's revolution and women's empowerment. And you know what, that chick can hold her own. She's so freaking amazing. And she deserved that. She worked her butt off for that. No, I a hundred percent agree with you. All of that. I was a big fan when that happened for Tessa. I personally am a huge fan of intergender wrestling uh, in general, but how does it make you feel when you hear um, so-called veterans in the business say things like uh, Sammy ruined his career by, by, by jobbing out to, to Tessa, stuff like that. Does that just go, go over your head or does that, uh, does that offend you uh, as, as not only a fan of that kind of wrestling, but as a female, does, does that do anything no. to you or does it just kind of go over your head and say, you it know, who cares? Um, everybody yeah. is entitled to their individual opinion. Everybody mm -hmm. will have an opinion and, respectfully i you know i encourage people's opinions because that is how changes are made if they need to be made you know what i mean so you know i'm i'm, I'm open to, to everything i'm open to hearing everything um everybody's gonna have something to say but you know what will be will be and i think history was made that night no absolutely now obviously we uh for for obvious reasons we can't go too far into detail with this but uh we have to at least mention it's no secret uh, to anybody who knows nova um you have been on the radar of the biggest wrestling company in the world uh you did get a, a wwe tryout yes um how explain to me how this happens somebody who's been in the business for less than two years how do you become visible to this company because that's almost unprecedented like, like there's people who have been wrestling for decades and, and and don't ever get that opportunity how does that like aside from your talent it's obviously it's very obvious that you know your talent shines but how does it happen that you, for somebody to happen to you so quickly like that thank you um at the time it happened i don't even think my talents were realized because I began my first match uh, in the end of the month of March, 2019. And I went out. So, um, so yeah, I went out to WWE tryouts in April, 2019, two weeks after my very first match. Wow. So how was I seen by the WWE? Just like any other regular Joe who goes on their website and put and puts in the application for it. That's all I did. Okay. So I right. actually wasn't wrestling at the time when I submitted that application. Wow. So, so I know obviously they have uh, probably a lot of restrictions on what you can and can't talk about, but how, what's your mind frame going into, cause that's gotta be one of the biggest opportunities of your, of your young career so far. How are you feeling walking into that performance center? Um, oh, gosh, it was, it was mind blowing, but I, I'm a realist. And at the time, I, I'm basically, and this is like a, a mind over matter thing too. I'm trying to mentally calm myself and just stay in the moment. But I'm realizing, listen, Andrea, you're, you're two weeks into your pro wrestling career. You've only had two matches. Um, I feel like at the time when I walked into the performance center, chances are 
I'm probably not going to get it. But I'm going to try my darnest to try and get that that spot. I'm you know what? I'm I'm very very capable and I'm you know, I'm athletic, I'm in shape, I'm strong and I'm going to show them that I deserve that spot. What what's the biggest takeaway that you got from the performance center experience? Did that did someone pull you aside, give you some really good advice? How were you different after this? How how was it different for you after this uh, trial for you? After the tryout, I knew that I had a lot of work to put in because when it came to trying out, I was asked to do, you know, various things for tryout purposes. And one of them is a basic fundamental, which was a flip bump. Oh, guess what? I've never done a flip bump before. So my very first time was during tryouts and I did it. You know, because you you have to in the so I learned that in, in pro wrestling you have to say yes to everything. You have to be a yes man. Yeah. You know what I mean. You have to try everything. You have to go for it. But I knew that I was so new going into tryouts in the pro wrestling business that going home, I'm like Tyson. We got work to do. We have so much work to do. And um, I, I do plan on going back for tryouts again. There, there's nothing set in stone, but I definitely want to get another shot. Have, have you done any, any other work with the WWE at all? Any backstage work? I know that they were in town for SummerSlam last year. Did you have an opportunity to be around the product at all? Kind of poke your head around and, you know, Nova's here. Like, you need me, I'm here. Unfortunately not. Nah. I believe <laughs> I believe I was working SummerSlam weekend. So oh, I, I, do, I do work a full-time career in emergency services, and sometimes that gets in the way. I try and, and book my matches around that, but um, I know that SummerSlam weekend, I was unfortunately stuck uh, at work. I did, I did submit my name, so it's not like I, I didn't do anything. I did submit my name to work as extra talent for SummerSlam weekend because I was in Toronto, Yes. and um, I, got, I received no callback. So I, I did put in the effort. It just... I was, uh, wasn't in the cards. Yeah. On a personal note, I will say my only disappointment from that weekend, because I went to uh, no less than six shows that weekend, my only disappointment was not seeing Nova at any of the shows I went to. <laughs> <laughs> I remember expecting you to be, because I, I had gone, Adam and I had a, a WrestleMania table at uh, the big uh, Summit All Females event. Oh, and and I just assumed that you were going to be on the card because you were the quickest up and coming female wrestler of 2019, hands down. And then when Adam informed me that you were not on the card, I was a little disappointed. <laughs> I was a little disappointed too, but that's okay. There's always next year. Absolutely. I, we're going to see you on all these cards. So I, I don't feel too bad because we are going to see a lot of Nova in the future. I have no doubt of that. Absolutely. And while we're on the topic of the future, you know, we we're on this weird kind of time frame and this pandemic that's going on. So wrestling's been on hold. When you get back into the ring, who are some people that, that you want to get in there with? Is there anybody you got your eye on? And, and in any of the major companies, too, I, I think that, that women's wrestling is probably at the strongest it's ever been right now. There's there's names in every single company and all over the Toronto scene as well. You got your eye on anybody that you think you could do something really special with? I, I've only uh, worked her two times. I want to continue working Jody Threat. Yeah. I learned a ton from her just those two times. 
and um, I would love for Silesia Sparks to come back into pro wrestling because I think she's extremely talented and Kylie Ray because I oh, I'm yes. watching her grow I'm watching her evolve and all of the work that she's putting in she's getting so strong and explosive and I even through other workers heard nothing but good things about her she's an extremely hard worker and a good worker and I really want to I want to wrestle against her one day strictly from a fan standpoint that is that would be amazing Kylie versus Nova that that we someone's got to book that yeah Uh, so before we let you go, Nova, you're very active on social media. Your, your social media Instagram is incredible. It's highly I'm entertaining. <laughs> tell, tell us about your little uh, furry friend that you have there. What, what's the story with your dog? I, I see that he, your dog's making a lot of appearances. What's oh. your dog's name? Tell, tell <laughs> the people only, about your dog. I have two dogs. So um, I guess what I, I should also mention is when it comes to pursuing goals and tomorrow's never promised and me going, you know, for the whole, you know, going, pursuing pro wrestling, excuse me. One thing I also did, and this is in the past year, and this was extremely life-changing to me, is because I was traveling from Sudbury, Ontario to London, Ontario for training. So I'm traveling six and a half hours for like an hour and a half of training, as well as now traveling from Sudbury, Ontario to all of my bookings down south for my matches and then driving home. It was getting extremely exhausting, expensive, and I have to return to work, you know, on the upcoming Monday. So what I actually did um, this past uh, September of 2019 was I transferred all of my years of service to a brand new company uh, in Barrie, Ontario. So now I'm actually located out of Barrie, Ontario, and um, I'm, I'm close to everything. Yeah, Barry's a great central location. You're close. To, you, you can kind of get everywhere from there. That's great. Yes. All righty. So, Mike, do you have any uh, anything else uh, you want to talk to Nova about before we wrap this up? No, man. We're uh, you. You hit a lot of the stuff I wanted to talk about. So we're we're, we're doing great. And, no, and, and Nova oh. took a, upon herself oh. to mention a lot of stuff. So I forgot. So yeah, sorry, it went over my head. You're asking about my dogs. So. Yes. So when I moved to Barrie, Ontario, I actually left everything behind, including those dogs. Oh. Um, with my family and my friends. Um, I couldn't take them with me, unfortunately. So I'm now finding myself traveling to Sudbury, Ontario often just to be with my dogs again. So when you do oh. see photos of them, it's because I'm it's with sweet. them. And I'm doing yeah. even more traveling. It, the moment is totally worth it. I miss them so much. And I really hope that they can join me at some point when I'm more settled here in Barrie. But uh, otherwise, yeah, that's uh, that's where those furry friends come from on social media. They're my best friends and I love them so much. Well, and it gives you an excuse to go to the dog pound and get some famous wings up in Sudbury as well. Oh, the, dog <laughs> the dog house. <laughs> the dog house, yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, I love the place. dog house. I'm a, I'm a Sudbury boy too. Uh, perfect, well... <laughs> Nova, we really appreciate you taking the time out today to talk with us. The sky is the limit for you, so uh, we're going to be really looking, at, looking at the you. The sky is the limit for anybody, honestly. Just, just Absolutely. go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, when, uh, when things get... When... 
when things get back to normal, uh, I'm going to put in a call to, to, to Dan up north, and Tyler and I will go and do a Northland show, and uh, we'll make sure to hook up with, with you there for sure. Awesome. I can't wait to see Nova live again. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I haven't been to an indie show in a, lot, in a little while, so I haven't got to see you work live yet. So I'm really excited for this to get going again so Mike and I can get out there. We want to see I, – I need to get the elite athlete in live and in person. And I need the full experience. Thank you. I look forward to going back to seeing Tyson Dukes and getting some um, some extra practice in, and maybe you know getting some new moves part of my uh, my resume. So, Mike, before before you take us home here, Nova, plug plug your stuff, social media. Where can people get a hold of you? Um, any YouTube matches that, that you recommend? Anything that you want to plug? Put it out there for the people to hear. Yeah, sure. If you want to check out any of my stuff on YouTube. Um, I just put in the search bar, uh, Nova Pro Wrestler. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat under Nova Wrestler, www.novawrestler.com. If you want to look at my online store, um, you want to order a t-shirt or an autograph, you can go there. Get the rally towel. I like those. The rally towels. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Mike. Mike, Is that it? Home, my friend. Yes, sir. On behalf of Canada and of course Nova, thank you so much for being here for us. We have been counted out. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn my back to you right now. And if you want to go on your own, then walk off and leave. If you want to stick together and make this thing work, when I turn around, we're going to shake hands. And we're gonna go on a rock and roll like the rockers can do. They need each other, you know that. Sounds fair to me. He's not gonna walk away. They need each other. Janetti, I told you that off and on. Are you kidding? What a despicable act that was. Oh my God. Right through the glass window of the barber shop. Janetti tried to dive through the window to escape. Did you see that? Are you blind? What an act of cowardism. Oh, he's hurt. A plate glass window. Oh, look at that. He's busted wide open. We need a paramedic here. Is there a problem with the Lions? They're done. They're finished, Monsoon. Yeah, there's a problem with you, Sean. Rockers so. are history. One week away. Is he going to be ready for the Royal Rumble? He don't look, look at that. Bleeding profusely. Looks redder than her nails. Keep
Well, I guess we should probably start moving on to the list here, Mike. Um, this week, as we mentioned a little before, I, I think we did. I can't remember. We talk a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we're doing the top seven tag team breakups of all time. How would you find your list this week, Mike? You know, it's, it started off easy because my numbers one through six on my original list before I made some changes uh, were actually really easy. Um, placing them anyways, get, getting one through six were easy. Uh, putting them in their spots was a little harder. Yeah. Um, but then choosing my number seven out of the 10 or 11 leftovers I had was very difficult. Okay, so let's call a spade a spade here. This is well, like, well, well give, give me a second here because because we okay. kind of discussed this before, and this is what I meant a, f- a few seconds ago when I said that uh, I had to make some changes. Well, here's the change I made. Just like you said, let's call a spade a spade. Let's be honest. We all know what number one is. Yes. Right. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna play anybody like a fool. Uh, everybody knows that the most famous, the most influential, and the greatest tag team breakup of all time happened at the barbershop, and it was the Rockers. Yes. So here's the deal. We are going to discuss this, okay? We're going to talk about this. Uh, We could do it right before the list if you really wanted to. We are going to discuss this breakup, but the list has now changed. Uh, I've decided I erased my number one and, and chose a new number seven and moved everything down. And I said, you know what? This list is going to be the top seven breakups that aren't the Rockers. So because I'll... because I, I don't like doing predictable lists. Fair. And, and I think you and I have been very, very good with, with kind of keeping things fresh and not being predictable. I think, um, so. I think, this, I think this list would be very predictable. Um, this throws me back to uh, back when uh, WrestleMedia was doing a show called uh, uh, We Have Till Five. And um, they did the top five greatest managers of all time that weren't named Bobby Heenan. Yeah. Because because if you just did a greatest managers of all time, you know who number one is. Bobby all the way. You know, it's it, it, it's either Bobby or it's wrong. And in this and and in this situation, it's either the Rockers or it's wrong. So this list this week is the greatest tag team breakups of all time that don't involve the Rockers. I'll tell you what, because obviously we're going to talk about the Rockers. Yes. How, how about this? I'm going to give you a special eighth spot because I, I can't I can't not have the Rockers at number one. Okay. You know what I mean? So, so, so what you want to do is you want us to do a top eight list. That way we can keep Rockers at number one and we'll still talk about Rockers at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, I is think that, that makes saying? sense. How, how do you All feel right. about that? I'm okay we're with break, that. We're breaking kayfabe today. Yeah. Like no, I, talking. I, 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 I am okay with that because I actually feel dirty not having the Rockers as number one. That's uh, kind uh, of what really. I was thinking too. I, I, yeah. You know, I, I, that's what I was feeling. I felt dirty listening to that. And not just because I just so, got a long night of work and I just felt dirty. <laughs> So this is great. This is for you guys. Yes, we've given away, we've spoiled it, we've given away the ending, but we're giving you an extra uh, item on the list. So everybody wins. All right. Well, let's get right into it, man. Give me your give me your number eight, your number 
eight. So my number eight for the first time ever on uh, on Counted Out. Um, my number eight. I, let's say if right now I'm going to get heat for a couple of the placements on these, and I think uh, we start with my number eight. Yeah, my number my number eight is the 2009 breakup of the Hardy Boys. Oh, this is great! I like this breakup. So do I. So I, so I so say... do I. Which is why it made the list. I think I'm going to get heat because of where it is on the list. Uh, I don't know. the The follow up wasn't great with it. I'm going to well, say I, that, I, got a sidebar, yeah, I got a sidebar just for one second because I I know we're talking about getting heat. And I, I just have to say that there is a, a listener of our show, good friend of the show, Stephen Bourne, who also does a, a podcast called the E8. And they do their, their gimmick, their sports podcast, and their gimmick is a top eight gimmick. So, Steve, I'm sorry we're ripping off your top eight gimmick today, buddy. I hope there's no heat, all right? <laughs> and, and you know what? It's a, uh, it, it, I think it is um, fitting that we rip them off today. Uh, on the day that we record this, it happens to be his birthday. Absolutely. That is so, uh, so, so ha- happy birthday. We're ripping off your gimmick. Gimmick oh, infringement for your birthday. Only only you, Steve, know how far in advance we have recorded this list. <laughs> 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 All right, let's get in some Hardy Boys. I had to get that out of the way. All right, so the reason the Hardys ha- just squeaking at number eight is because... As great as that breakup was, um, I liked the whole story they told with, you know, uh, Jeff was coming out and, uh, uh, you know, that one week Jeff comes out and the, and the fireworks go off and basically almost set him on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, they tore, they, they brought in some real life stuff that was happening to Jeff uh, and Seems basically made it, theme. yeah, basically, yeah, no shit. Then they basically made it all Matt's fault. Um, Matt, Matt caused all these bad things to happen to Jeff and that's Matt's, uh, uh, heel turn. Now, the reason it squeaks in this low is just because if this was their first attempt at a breakup, then it would be higher, but it's not fair. They attempted it a few years later and it didn't work. It fell flat and they got back together real quick. Um, yes, it worked this time, but it didn't feel as special because it wasn't the first time. So let me ask you a question then, just because I, I should ask you this before we even jump into your list. What What's your criteria uh, as far as breakups go? Is it just like the moment? Is it a buildup? Is it um, buildup has a lot? Buildup has a lot to do with it. Um, follow up has a lot to do with it as well. Uh, you know, if you don't get a decent feud out of it, I, I then I don't care. Uh, for example, uh, you're not going to see the smoking guns on this list because we didn't get a great feud out of it or a great breakup. In all honesty, you know. Um, so, so th- things like that. Um, but also, f- um, like all my lists, whenever I do my list, one of the main criteria has to be memory factor. Yeah. You know, can, can I say here, like, how does it make me feel to think of, of that moment? Does that, does it still bring that fandom out in me? And, uh, if it doesn't, then it's probably not going to make the list, well, you know? So let's, let's pivot from there and let's talk about the actual He'll turn to Matt Hardy there then. How did you think they executed it? Was that the Royal Rumble, I believe, right? Uh, yeah, you're right. You were the Royal Rumble, yeah. Had to make sure I had the right one of their breakups that you had on the list. This is when Jeff was challenging Edge for the world title, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, uh, it, it the heel turn started out fine. It just it faltered and, you know, Matt's unfortunately... 
everything Matt tried to do fell flat in WWE. Yeah. Um, and that's not Matt's fault. I am not pinning on a Matt. I'm pinning that on uh, the lack of faith the company had in Matt. Uh-huh. Um, Matt is one of the most creative people in the history of wrestling. Um, and uh, he has proven time and time again uh, with, of course, the, you know, with, with the broken universe that he is capable when, when left to his own devices, he is capable of doing special things. But he needs to be uh, given that freedom. It, the minute yeah. you take that freedom away from him, and it shows, you know, uh, when when Woken Matt Hardy was around, you know, when he doesn't have the full freedom to do what he what he needs to do, it doesn't work. Yeah, I, and I, I, think, I agree with you more. And I think that's what happened with it with this story. It didn't go very far. Um, the reason it even made the list is because the story leading up to the breakup was intriguing. <laughs> And uh, having that moment, finding out that, you know, it was Matt that, that, that made the fireworks go off and it was Matt who did this and that. Um, uh, didn't Matt even take uh, credit for burning down Jeff's house? Yeah, yeah, they burned yeah. his house down. The pi- which, I, I thought the pyro was which, really cool. Which, which, which in re- like this happened in real life. His house burned down and killed his fucking dog. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about the dog. Yeah, they, they brought so, that all up in angles in the story. Yeah, as well. yeah. So uh, you know, all that was very intriguing. We did we didn't get as much of a payoff of, as I would like, or else it probably would be higher on my list. Fair. Yeah, they had the WrestleMania match, right? And they had, I believe, one other. I think maybe an I Quit match after that as well. But that might have uh, been the same match, even. I guess that speaks to your point, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, one other thing before we move on. When you're asking about my criteria, another part of the criteria has to be that the team had to be significant. So we're not going to see Shawn Michaels turn on Hulk Hogan on your list. No, we're not. Because as far as I'm concerned, that was that wasn't a tag team. They're, they're two guys that happened to team up once or twice. You know what I mean? Um, How about and, factions? And, Any factions make your list, Mike? Or does it have to be a straight up tag team? Um. There is a faction on my list. All right, sweet. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, they, so, so as long as they, they needed to have some, some real history, um, we'll get to that in my, um, in my honorable mentions because there's a ton of teams that I wish I could have talked about, but they just weren't solidified long enough as a, great, as a tag team to make the list. And if, to me, the breakup is more special the the more the team does together. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, yeah. all right. I like it. Speaking Let's speaking of your... great teams, um, the the one of the only reasons that I tuned into WCW as a kid, we're talking the Hollywood Blondes. Okay, okay, little Hollywood blonde action. We are uh, talking stunning Steve and flying Brian. Would you say that this is the most um, underrated? Slash underutilized tag team of all time. I mean, that sounds like a list if you ask me. Um, but uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely one of the uh, most underutilized and underrated. Yes, um, the fact that they both went on to have very successful uh, singles careers. Whatever happened to that Austin guy in that team? Did he ever do anything after the Hollywood Blondes? I never heard much of Stunning Steve. Uh, Something 
about spousal abuse. Oh, we're taking a turn there. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, well, uh, other than that, I don't know. I think he, I think he was a ham and egg, or I don't know. Pillman was already a successful single star before this tag team. One hundred percent. And had he not had his tragic accident uh, between uh, his WWE and WWF run, he well, may have become a bigger star than than Austin. He was he was breaking down barriers at this yeah. point. He really was. Um, and they were a great, great tag team. They really were. They were a phenomenal tag team. And, um, you know, they, they broke them up too early. Uh, however, with that said, the breakup was a lot of fun. I really liked it because it wasn't, you didn't see it coming. It wasn't like each week they were kind of bickering and, and they finally exploded. They were on the same page. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, after a victory, mind you, after uh, uh, they were on a winning streak, mind you. And then out of nowhere comes Colonel Parker uh-huh. and Parker comes and he starts talking up Austin saying that Austin's great and Austin's going to do this and Austin's going to do that. And Pillman says, well, what about me? And he says, well, you, 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 you kind of got a bum leg. Let me tell you, if you were a horse, I'd take you out behind and put a bullet <laughs> between your eyes. You know, it, 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 some of the best work that Parker's ever done. And like, the whole like time, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the character doesn't age well, but yeah, I, I, I do as well. Entertaining um, as hell, I mean, the fact that uh, didn't he try to buy Harlem Heat once? <laughs> I don't know, but I know that he was getting it on with Sister Sherry. Yes, he was. Uh, but anyways, he, he 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 he's playing up Austin big time, and Austin just smiling the whole time. Austin Austin's loving this, Austin. right? Austin is absolutely loving the praise, and then. Uh, he just keeps berating Pillman, calling Pillman a loser. Finally, Pillman has enough. I need you. Socks uh, uh, Parker in the face and knocks him over. And in a split second, Austin decides where his loyalty stands and he attacks Pillman. Never trust a rattlesnake. That's it, baby. DTA. So, uh, so that was it. That, that, that's the end of the Hollywood Blondes. And that's the, uh, that's the face turn for Pillman and and, and uh, a bigger heel turn, if you if you can call it that, for Austin. Uh, a great singles run for Austin. He became a U.S. champion not, far, not long after this, if I remember properly. And then he jobbed the Hacksaw Jim Duggan in about 48 seconds before yeah. leaving the company. But, uh, oh, I love Hacksaw. <laughs> Good brother, but not, uh, not at that point. Have you ever heard Austin talk about his time in the Hollywood Blondes and any of his interviews? I like on the Pillman DVD and stuff like that. I have, yeah. So basically, for our viewers, if they've never heard it, Austin looks back at this time as very, very fond. Uh, he loved Pillman. They were close. They were close friends, and yeah. and he just didn't get it. He didn't understand. And I maybe you can answer this question. They put these guys together because just for whatever, no reason, no rhyme or reason. No, they get over. They are amazing together. They are successful. They get over. And because they get over, they decide to break them up. Because that was the WCW way. I feel Unfortunately, like the, the if you're professional wrestling way, the Vince is just as guilty for that. So J- I don't Vince very much is it, it, because it, and Vince is just as guilty, if not guiltier than this. Vince hates it if anybody gets over organically. If you get over on your own without the machine pushing you, then you're the devil. 
think about how fucked up and weird that is. And, and it, it, it makes zero sense to me. Right? It makes zero sense to me because the organic stuff is the stuff that, you know, you tell me that the machine got often over in WWF. No. no. You tell me Austin the machine got, got often over in WWF. Tell me the machine got Goldberg over, Sting over, you know, the Hollywood Blonde. Uh, I, I, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm going to say the machine had a lot to do with Goldberg. You think so? He, yeah, he was written as this character who just comes out and fucking smashes shit. And, you know, I no, I, I think the machine had a lot to do with Goldberg. They knew what they had from day fucking one before he even I came out. They of stumbled upon Goldberg like they stumbled upon the Undertaker's streak. Because mm-hmm. Goldberg was just winning. He, they, I don't think they've had any. They, there's no way that they booked the streak. You know what I mean? That happened. By I'm not fluke. saying they booked the streak, but after a while, once they saw that, uh, you know, they had something there, they were like, I don't think it took them very long to decide that they, he was going to go undefeated. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that part, but I, I think that Goldberg was very organic. I think Austin was organic. The Sting Crow character, all of that stuff, it, it happened. And so just, but, think, and, like, and, and, but, but Sting. By this point, by the time Sting had the Crow character coming out, he was already an established WCW guy. But he was, was one of Dale he was, on the back burner, also. But he was one of the guys. So Bischoff was, was going to write him. He do, was scheming with Lex Luger, feuding with the Road Warriors in the mid card yeah. at this point, though. That. But he was going to be allowed. He was going to be allowed to do what he wanted to do. Is what I'm saying. I get that. I get that. But if they didn't let that organically develop sting doesn't get over to that extent again oh no and this is what i mean the fact that they allowed it to organically the only reason they allowed it to organically get over is because he's sting could you imagine if they actually pushed the yes movement and got behind it like they did all those other guys or just allowed it to get over right I don't instead, get it. I don't get sabotaging it. it. And it's not just a WWE thing. It's not a Bashman McMahon thing because, you know, oh. Vince takes a lot of unnecessary shit too. Because um, WCW was just as guilty. We're talking, that's why, why we're talking about the Hollywood Blondes. Why, you know, and the Hollywood Blondes aren't it? the only victims. Why is it that, oh my God, the people are taking to this? Let's cut it, Zack Ryder. Let's cut it. And I'm fine. Like, I'm not a big Zack Ryder fan, whatever. But. It's he was over, man. Like, well, I don't get it. The 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 people tell you like, and I don't think you should book for the people. But there are certain times when you got to times to the people when you have something that's working. Why are you cutting it out? And it goes right to the modern product. Um, they had something with that whole uh, hacker gimmick. Uh-huh. People liked it. People were digging it. People were tuning in to see. And all of a sudden, it just fucking disappeared, like fucking GTV. I don't get it, man. I don't get the mind frame behind kiboshing your own. It's your own product. I don't, I don't get it either. That's my sidebar rant. Last question on the Hollywood Blondes. Yes. Because I think it's safe to say that they did split them up way too soon, right? Agreed. Uh, they're on the list. Maybe they're on the list as low as they are because they split them up too early. But yeah, they're, they're on the so. but they're on the list. They're on the list regardless because um, I just love that moment. Yeah, I I, I love uh, you know because it's a unique breakup. You know, it's very very um, cliche to do the whole oh 
you know, dissension in the ranks. You see it coming. Are they going to break up? Are they not going to break up? You know what I mean? They did it with the Rockers. They did it with the LOD. They did it with the, with the, with the smoking guns. You know, uh, they did it over and over and over again. Um, but they didn't do that with the Blondes. The Blondes I, were I like strong the when they broke them up. So when they broke the Blondes up, they had just finished a feud with Flair and Anderson, right? Mm-hmm. Where do you think... Which, can we talk? Can we talk about Flair for the old for a second? Oh, how great was that! <laughs> you guys have not seen a Flair for the old. Punch it in your network. Go on YouTube. Uh, it, is, it is so it is funny. So funny. <laughs> they are great, and and that's good old fashioned heat. You know yeah. what I mean? It wasn't done the way the NWO did it, in a disrespectful manner. I guess maybe a little bit, but. It was just like yeah, good yeah, heat. Yeah, but, but because like it was heel heat though. It was yeah, the, it was kind of heel. Yeah. yeah. So where do you think the Hollywood Blondes would have went from that point? They just finished shooting. It's nineteen, the end of nineteen ninety three, about when they break up. Hogan comes in a year later. What do you do with the Hollywood Blondes though at that point? I would have run them as a tag team for the next probably year, at least. Yeah, uh, run them at least until uh, 94, 90, maybe even into 95. And then uh, eventually split them up. Austin, Austin would have had big runs. I guarantee Austin would have had, you know, some really, really big feuds had he stayed with WCW. Yeah. And, Pil- and Pillman, tell me Pillman doesn't fit in as a uh, leader, as one of the head NWO guys. I mean, like, if I'm booking at that point, I think Pillman is. I would have put him in over Hogan. I think at that Pil- point, I was just about to say maybe even Pillman's the third man, right? Because he's he's running with the loose can now. Granted, the yep. way it played out, we I'm kind of glad it worked out the way it did. Of course, how, of course. How believable would Brian Pillman have been in that role, the leader? 100. percent Yep. But they would. I don't think they would have ever got behind him like that. There. No, because he wasn't uh he wasn't that prototype. He he wasn't he wasn't a Hulk Hogan. He, they 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 were still people give shit for uh, uh to to Vince McMahon for having uh big man syndrome like he always wanted a big man. But you fucking tell me Bischoff didn't do the same thing. Oh man, Van You look Blanco, at any Guerrero, world champion. Pillman. You look at any WCW world champion between 93 and 2000 yep. and you know with the exception of flair with the exception of rick rick flair you know and maybe and jeff Garrett. Garrett. yeah look at us going it's like we've done this before <laughs> everybody everybody else was a big motherfucker yeah and you know yeah. when, when one of your smallest guys is booker t <laughs> no you know shit. or i guess benoit all right so but, now that uh now that we've got bonus time out of the way and we've got a number, <laughs> let, let's get into the meat of the list here. What, what do you got at number six? Number six? Well, you asked me before if I had a uh, stable on the list. Um, let me tell you something, buddy. There's always a plan B. There's always a plan B? I'm not picking up on it. I went right over my head, Mike. That's horrible. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure some of our listeners are actual wrestling fans, and get oh. my reference. Um, oh wait, 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 <laughs> wait, wait! Hold on, hold on. Is this Horseman? No. Fuck. My number six is the breakup of the Shield. Oh, okay. 
okay, Triple H is there's always a plan B. Okay, I exactly. get it. Uh, listen, Adam, if you're listening, Adam, you better not have knew that. <laughs> I guarantee you knew that. Uh, okay, that's more modern. I'm more of a history buff, all right? Come yeah, on. yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, let, let's talk modern. Uh, no stable in the modern era is bigger than the Shield. Can we can we agree? Um. Okay. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. Bar the Bullet Club. What? Yeah, I was gonna say. What, what's your time period here? Okay. Not talking about the Bullet Club. There's no bigger stable than the, than the Shield. The Shield blew the fuck up. Let me. What I don't it? know. I don't know if I believe this or not, but I'm just gonna put this name out there, uh, and I, I want to kind of maybe talk myself through it. But what about the New Day? Bigger than the Shield? No. I mean, they're from a longevity standpoint. They produced the world champion and Kofi Kingston. The multiple tag team runs. Did, 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 did they produce three world champions? Not yet. They, I think they'll produce two. Um. No, I still say no. Uh, I, I you, you, you have Ro- like- Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and, and, and Dean Ambrose are three of the biggest names in professional wrestling. I get it. I'm not disagreeing it, and I'm just putting it out there to play devil's advocate. I don't know if I believe it or not, but as far as a modern day group or faction goes, you got to give some respect to the New Day as well. I'm not. I'm not taking away respect for the New Day, but if but if we're we're putting those two teams up against each other, it's Shield all day for me. I guess Shield could go over at SummerSlam or Survivor Series. Yes, they did. I'd but, say so, from a longevity standpoint, the Shield was only around for about a year and a half. True. No, you're absolutely right. So that's the only they made a hell of a goddamn it. impact in that year and a half. They did, but and especially their their after their post shield run is, is very impressive. So the three members of the shield they uh, they had a great heel run, and then they turned face uh, and and started feuding with the likes of the, of the Wyatt family and such, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then they started uh, feuding with the the guys they originally aligned with, which was the which was the uh, uh, the authority, the authority evolution actually. Uh, actually, it was evolution. You're right. Um, so here's the deal. At this point, Dave Batista is leaving. Sorry, did, uh, you say, did you say Dave Batista or was it Blue Tista? <laughs> You're a piece of shit. Poor, <laughs> poor, boo, poor Boo Tista. I, uh, in honor of Blue Tista, I'm going to crack open a white claw. All right. Uh, there you Jack go. Jack Daniels is still banned from Counted Out, but uh, White Claw is making I a run tonight. <laughs> um, so, so Batista is at the end of a of a disappointing run. I think we can say. Um, you know, uh, Dave wasn't too happy with the run he had, and he decided to leave. Yeah. And it it kind of, it kind of stuck them in, in a uh, in a hole. They didn't know what to do. They said, "Okay, we got to do something. We got to." F- shake things up, make things different. So they decided that uh, they were going to have somebody defect from the shield. And I think everybody expected it to be uh, Ambrose. Yeah, I I do. I think everybody expected when the time came, they thought it was going to be Ambrose. And then, uh, and then, no, you have the three members of the shield standing in the ring. You have evolution. Well, you have Randy and, uh, uh, and triple H on the outside of the ring. And, uh, Triple H basically says, you know, Dave's gone, but we always have a plan B. 
And Pam, Plan B reared his ugly head as uh, Seth Rollins grabbed the chair and smacked Roman Reigns across the back with it. That's like, there's so many things that come into my head when you say we always have a Plan B. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I picked this is not a political. This is not a political uh, podcast. We're not talking about abortions. <laughs> here. I know that's the wrong podcast. Sorry. Um, no, no, I didn't mean to go down that road. I, I meant to say, I don't know why, but I always have Ole Anderson in my head talking to Sting when, when I hear that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd do anything to not have Ole Anderson in my head. I mean, fair, fair. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm so back and forth on Ole. Like, he's such a miserable old prick, and, and I love him for that because I, I love old people. Like, and I know Ole, Ole's got to be up there now, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if if Flair is in his seventies, oh, Ole's yeah, Ole's eighty plus then, right? Yeah. Here's my take on senior citizens. I, I'm going to sidebar here, and I'm only I have Ole Anderson in my head. If you live past a certain age, like I think anything seventy over, you can be a prick. You've earned it. See, I I I'm on the opposite end of you. Um, I work a lot more day shifts at the restaurant than you do. <laughs> I deal with crusty old cock sucking old people every fucking day. They can all they, they they can all suck the dicks. Nah, you I, paid, you I paid your dues, man. No way, man. They 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 smell like raw sewage. Yeah, they, have, they deserve it. They, 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 can, they, they have they, weird crusty shit, weird white stuff at the corner of their mouths. Yeah. Uh, they, no, they, I I don't I don't like right. old people. I don't they like old people. The minute the minute I hurt the minute I hit seventy, shoot me between the eyes. Fair. Get get Colonel Parker to take me out back. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so 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 uh, you you seem to not agree with me with the shield being on this list. Uh, uh, tell me. In all honesty, I kind of forgot about it, which is weird. I I, I want I got to see how the rest of your list plays out before I say get that off your list. You know what I mean? Okay. All right. Um, I think that the 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 breakup was done awesome. Uh, I thought the angle was great. They made the right choice in Seth. He went on to have a great heel run. I yes. love, I loved his feud with Dean Ambrose. I love that Ambrose took that so personal and yep. made it his mission to to just ruin Seth's life at every. I love when Seth was money in the bank holder and Ambrose would always stop him from cashing it in. I just think all that stuff was brilliant. Uh, their matches what do you, were. What do you prefer? What do you what do you prefer, Authority Rollins or the Monday Night Messiah? I, I'm I'm about the Authority Rollins. I have yeah. not got into the Monday Night Messiah. Uh, I just I don't know. I like him and Buddy Murphy together. I like them with the Authors of Pain. I like that little faction. I wish that they were still kind of rolling with that. I know injuries happen. Yeah. Um, I just think his feuds have been lackluster. Yeah. Since he became the Monday Night Messiah and uh, the the eye thing, like that stuff doesn't do it for me. You know what I mean? I can't suspend my belief that much to know that. The, the I like his feud. With, I like his feud with Owens, but that's about it. Yeah, his feud with Owens was great, um, but it's been there, done that. Like he yeah. hasn't done anything fresh as the Monday Night Messiah, and he's great on the microphone. I'm really excited to see what they're gonna do with him and Dominic at SummerSlam. I think it'll be good. Um, I think they're doing a good job of building SummerSlam as a whole. Do right they now. put the mask on Dominic? Um, uh, yeah, it's weird. Like they should have already had a mask on him. You know what I mean? 
mm. if you're gonna wear it like i don't know i i think unless they do like some sort of ceremony to make it like a thing but the big draw is finding out who's under the mask you know what i mean that's yeah, a draw yeah. in mexico so it, it's is, is ray Myster- is ray mysterio senior still alive i don't believe so i was to say it'd be cool to have him involved in this that would be cool i don't know that one actually I don't know if Rey Mysterio Sr. is alive. If he is, he's old as fucking dirt. And he is definitely not welcome at your restaurant. No, no, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, I'm, um, down with the, I'm down with the shield. You're down with the shield? Okay. Like, I get it. I just, from an actual angle standpoint, I like it. I, I like the little bit of um, teasing. I like. I just thought it was too soon for them as well. Same with the Hollywood Blondes. Okay. But I have, I have nothing wrong with them being on your list. I thought the angle was part good enough. Um, my number five. You told me I was going to be mad at your number five before <laughs> we came on the air. And number I'm five. Gonna a, I'm going to take a big sip of my fucking drink right now, and I want to hear what it is. You're not going to be mad at the. You're not going to be mad that they're on the list. You're going to be mad at the placement. I guarantee you're going to want these these guys to be like two or three. But. You need to give me a chance to explain myself. All right. I'm already getting angry. My number five is the Mega Powers. Okay, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with you're that. You're okay with that? I thought you were oh. gonna say I thought you were gonna say um a, a different name there and I was getting okay. fired up. I was gonna yell at you, but All um, right. I think I would have had them at my number three or number four personally. Right. But I, I can't, you know, I gotta hear I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what stuck them at number five. Remember what I said earlier about you need to be a an established tag team? Yeah. I never saw these guys in this as an established tag team. Uh, they, were, no, they were no, I disagree. Two, they were two enemies who became friends. They helped each other out a bunch. They didn't even have like they they apparently started being a team in like fucking 86 or some shit. They didn't have a single televised match until SummerSlam of 88. Yeah, but they they joined forces at WrestleMania four. Yeah, but that's not being a tag team. No, they weren't like your typical tag team. But well, they were this is a big tag they, team. They were together almost as long as the Shield. I think the Shield. When you think of the Shield, you think of the Shield. When you think of the Mega Powers, you think of two guys who happen to be at the same place at the same time and the one guy wanted to fuck the other guy's wife that's all you remember lust in your eyes brother you know and number one n- n- you know nobody blames hogan for for lusting no not because at all. uh elizabeth was gorgeous number number two linda was his wife oh god <laughs> number two randy should have never been jealous of hulk elizabeth is never going to leave him for a guy who has skin like a hot dog and the, and that hair too and the hair Good lord, the hair. We're not going to talk about the reasons why they're not high on the list. We got to talk about the reasons why they made the list. Okay, I can't um, argue your point though because they literally, I can think they they had SummerSlam '88. They were part of a Survivor Series tag team and they fought the Twin Towers. So I get exactly. No, they had a no, they had a ton of fucking matches on house shows. Okay, that like counts, like right? like a shit ton, but. Back in that day, no internet, no uh, no shows that are covering that kind of stuff. You didn't know. Fair, fair. I get all it. All you knew, all you know, is the stuff you see on TV. 
but okay, let me devil's advocate you here. I think your placement of this is good. So, but from a if if we were to go from a follow up standpoint, uh, from a building from a building from planting the seeds, you want to talk about what's what's one of your favorite angles of all time? You tell me this all the is, time. This is the reason why they made the list because it is one of the greatest build ups of all time. They started planting seeds at WrestleMania four. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? Yes. The seeds are there, and then the payoff, they main evented WrestleMania. If you want to just yeah. go by... It was a full year, it was a full year build, which... You could. You, you know I love those this. slow builds. You could argue this to be your number one based on those merits alone. And had... Had they teamed up more during those years, from 86 to 89, if they would have teamed up a whole fucking lot more and and they were a formidable tag team and maybe even you know held the belt for a little bit just to solidify them these guys then were not at the very least no doubt they'd be my number two these guys didn't start teaming up in 86 man they started teaming up in 88 no no they, they were doing house shows in in 87 i'm telling you savage was still a heel he was the ic champ I'm going to get, where's my notes? <laughs> where's my note? It's all crumpled up over here. Fucking somewhere. Listen, 86 is too I'm going to find my notes. You, you talk for a minute, because I'm going to find my shit. These guys, Savage didn't turn face until shortly after WrestleMania 3. Right? Savage was a face by um, the middle of 87. So, 87, I'll give you. They might have had some tag team matches in 87. 87, not 86. I okay. apologize. Well, because I was going to say, Savage was feuding with Tito Santana. Suck on that, Adam. I know that. <laughs> yeah, but because Savage, he main event, he, he was the captain of a team at the first Survivor Series in 87. Yeah. The Honky Tonk Man's team. So I'm going to read this straight from the internet, just so it's not my own words. That way uh, people can't fucking give me shit. Because it's got to be true on the internet. So this is this is a quote. The Mega Powers officially formed their alliance on October third, nineteen eighty-seven, at Saturday night's main event. Yes, when Hogan saved Macho and Liz from Honky Tonk. Um, exactly. Yeah. So so we can say so. Yes, I, I I can see that I was wrong about eighty-six, but but still they they got together in eighty-seven. And didn't have a real actual televised match until SummerSlam of 88. Yeah, but when you're the Mega Powers. Remember that coked out promo they cut on Saturday Night's main event too? Yes, I do. Oh, yeah, the 80s, brother. Let's go. Oh, man, I miss coke and wrestling. Let's, let's talk about their breakup, though. They planted seeds everywhere, but it really started getting heavy November at Survivor Series, right? It definitely is... One of the, if not the most emotional breakups in history. Yeah, and Brutus fucking Beefcake squeaked in on that too. You remember that? He, he, he really did. Why is, why is he always involved in shit? That greasy bastard. <laughs> He's involved here. He was involved in the Rockers breakup. He was there when Sid Justice went fucking loco and fucking... Tore the fucking stage apart. Like he's always around. <laughs> maybe you just get angry when you're around Brutus. <laughs> so yeah, maybe. fucking, he's a curse. 
but yeah, uh, let's, let's go back to Survivor Series. That's where this breakup started, right? Yeah. It uh, Hogan, Macho got pissed when Hogan uh, Hogan picked up Elizabeth, gave her the big hug, right? Exactly. And, and this was like I said, this is a slow a slow burn. You know, he, he they they didn't just oh he he fucking hugged my wife. I'm gonna kill him. That's not how it happened. No, and then the it, next... it, you know it, it just it, it started there slow. Well, and then it carried over to the Royal Rumble. Exactly. Hogan accidentally. Hogan accidentally. Uh, Hogan was going for uh, was it bad news? Uh, he was going for a couple guys. Bossman and Akeem were in there. I think it was Akeem and and somebody else. I'm and almost, Macho. In my head, I want to say he was going for bad news, Allen. But uh, yeah, I know, uh, I know Akeem was involved in that, or the boss man, one of those two. Okay, and then he, of course, he ends up eliminating Macho. And Macho's kind of a dickhead in the Royal Rumbles, eh? He really is. <laughs> right? Like, let's take a look. Like, let's let's do a quick Hulk Hogan rundown of the Royal Rumble. '89, he eliminates his best friend, Macho Man. Right? Mm-hmm. He wins '90. He wins '91. So all's good. '92, he gets thrown <laughs> out, and dickhead Sid. <laughs> Fuck you, Hogan. <laughs> he basically throws a child's temper tantrum. Every time he gets eliminated, he throws a fit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, fucking Hogan. Which still, which still bothers me to this day. We, we're going to talk about this every fucking time we bring this up. It bothers me to this day because it made no sense. Sid was a fucking face at the time. Right? If, had Sid been a heel, or if Sid cheated to get him out, like, it's so simple. But no, they had to have a, he was eliminated by a face, and then he pulls a temper tantrum. Usually, do you not call that a heel turn? A Hulk? was like the most heelish baby face of all time yeah agreed always use back scratches and eye eye pokes and closed fists well let's go back to talking about wrestlemania 4 uh, like we were uh uh before did he not get involved with the fucking steel chair him and andre double disqualification man hogan he wasn't afraid to get down and dirty maybe that's why he was a champ for five years though Mm. well he wasn't afraid to get down and dirty in the locker room either. That's why he was the champ for five years. <laughs> Kayfabe, brother. <laughs> and then so from, from the Royal Rumble, which we sidetracked from cocaine and Hulk Hogan talk, is uh, they, they moved into Saturday Night's main event against the Twin Towers, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's where the angle happened, where Elizabeth got taken out, and she took a mm-hmm. hell of a bump, by the Did way. Did she ever? Oh. Sure, is, this the, is this the one where she got a little raunchy? No, that was SummerSlam where she took her dress off. Oh, okay. All right. She, she took sure. a bump. Savage got thrown out of the ring and landed pretty much on her head. Yeah. Right? That yeah, was it was a hell of a bump. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, and, 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 and give, give all the credit to Hogan. Hogan sold it like a million bucks. Oh, yeah. You know, Ho- Hogan showed all this concern and, you know, he really oversold it, and w- w- which worked back then. Uh, you know, he, and, he, and he runs uh, Liz to the back. Uh, leaving, uh, leaving Mosh to get fucking raped. <laughs> he did. He got the shit kicked out of my little <laughs> Right? And they're not small men. They're just fucking taking Macho to town. And finally, Liz comes to and she's like, you know, go, go save Randy. Go save Randy. He's like, oh, fuck, I oh, guess okay. so. Okay, brother, but, let know, me drop the uh, leg and, and put the cup to yeah. my ear. I was I was I was hoping to get a blowjob back here for saving you. I guess I'll go save your husband. All right, fine. Yeah, I got to. 
You know, and we talked about this, though, on the Macho Man podcast as well, that we did the top seven Macho Man matches of all time. Take a look in the archive. That was a good yeah. one. That, that was, uh, um, I still, to this day, think Macho should have went over at Mania 5, and it, it would have built to Hogan going over at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. But if that would have happened, then the number one for my list next week of greatest SummerSlam of all time tag team matches would not be a thing. You know, uh, originally um, Hogan tried booking that whole uh, that whole story, um, oh, yeah. and he bu- and he booked it a little different. Um, he booked it when he brought uh, Liz to the back, rather than coming out and saving much. Uh, he stayed in the back, uh, filmed himself having sex with, with with Elizabeth, and then dropped five or six end bombs. Oh, so yeah, it took him about twenty-five years to get to that point. <laughs> right, and the whole thing was produced by Popcorn Lunch Love Sponge. Oh fuck! Let's never mention that name on this podcast. I'm officially—I want to ban that name from this podcast. Can we do that? Uh, only if we can also ban Ed Ferreira. You got yourself a deal. All right, good enough. All right, let's move on. Number four. All right, number four. Um. Again, this is why I think I'm going to get heat, because I think I'm going to get heat to put these guys above uh, the Mega Powers. But I had to, and this is a personal reason, because I, this was, again, one of those reasons why I watched WCW, and it was such a cool moment and such a thing that I personally didn't see coming as a teenager. Um, And that's the breakup of the Steiners. I don't have a problem with this being ahead of the Mega Powers. This is a great angle. It really was. Uh, we're in the uh, we're we're in the real like beginning stages of the NWO, um, where WCW are doing their best to throw all their top stars and all their top uh, soldiers out to fight against the evil NWO. And what tag team was hotter in, in 1996 and seven than the Steiners? I I want to say that this happened in '98. Was it that late, really? This was, yeah, this was Super Brawl 98, because this is the same card Sting and Hogan had the rematch from uh, Starcade at. But, yeah, wow. from that, but from the from the beginning of the NWO until this point, the Steiner I Brothers... Thought... Hmm. Yeah, this was, this was oh, no, no, you're right, because DiBiase was there. No, but DiBiase, DiBiase left earlier. was there. He was managing the Steiners. Yeah, I know. I'm just... Hmm, okay, no, I, I'll take your word for it. I, I, I just thought it was 97. This was February of 98. It was the very beginning of 98. Okay, but, okay. But the Steiner brothers have been on the front line fighting the NWO the whole time. 100%. And, you know, they were they were arguably the biggest babyface tag team uh, in WCW, for sure. Yes. Oh, oh um, yeah. But, but before they get there, let's talk about the Steiners for a minute. The Steiners... The, you know, this we're not talking about a year or two build for the Steiners at this point. We're talking years and years of build for the Steiners in multiple companies. They've been together since 88. Yeah. Ten, ten years, man. The, the, Ste- the Steiners had built themselves a, a reputation for being one of the toughest, uh, best formed tag teams in the world. Where do you rank the Steiner brothers as far as the greatest tag teams of all time? They're definitely top twenty. Oh, um, yeah, easy. No, I, I, I'm say, I'm just saying. I I don't know if they're my top ten. I don't know. I I don't know. The Steiner uh, brothers have to be in your top ten. I I don't know. We're gonna have to have this discussion one day, I guess. Oh, man, um, you know I love tag team wrestling. I'm not uh, comfortable confirming. I'm not saying they're not. 
I'm not comfortable confirming that they, they would be in my top 10. Do you I, put I'm them willing, above I'm their... Concede, I'm willing to, to, to concede the top 15 for sure. How about above, top 10. above or below the Dudley boys? Below. Below the Dudley boys. So you think yes, the Dudley boys are a better tag team? Yes, I do. Okay. I, I, to me, that's my measuring stick with them. I, du- I, I have du- them on du- par with the Dudley boys. Du- Dudleys are in my top five. I... I don't know, man. The Steiners, they, they, there's something about them that does it for me. They went everywhere. Yeah, and I'm saying they're one of the greatest. And I'm not saying they're not in my top ten. I'm just saying I'd have to really sit down and do the work and do the math and, you know, and not not Steiner math. <laughs> not, not Steiner math. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're gonna have to have. We, you know, we're gonna have a fucking top like weird Scott Steiner moments uh, show once. That's going to be your list, man. I'm a tag team guy. You want to talk about tag team wrestling? I'll do that list, but you could have the weird Scott Steiner shit. So anyways, like we're saying, the Steiners have been now together for 10 years. They, they came through the territories. They came through uh, WWF. Um, they, they made a name for themselves for years in WCW. Uh, they are one of the hottest tag teams in the fucking world at this point. Um, and they're a decorated tag team. They're an established tag team. Uh, you know, it, it's not something you see coming right away. Um, and they're going up against the NWO. And, uh, you know, at the end of this thing, they, they're doing their, uh, their famous Steiner pose. You got the dog face gremlin down on, uh, down on his hands and knees. You got, uh, you got Scotty over top of him doing, doing his flex. And then out of nowhere, he, he, he puts his hands together and that axe handle comes smashing down yeah. onto his back. Right before he did that, he gave the thumbs up to Hall and Nash. Which that's I, I right. Like that that's right. Time. Yeah. Hall Nash, uh, I think uh, NWO Sting was there. Uh, I don't know about that one. I know Hall. It was Dusty Rhodes. NWO Dusty? NWO Dusty. He was with Hall at the point, I think. That's right, that's right. What, what uh, I like about this too, though, they kind of started teasing this around December, and they pulled the trigger in February, but right. Scotty was not tagging Rick into a lot of matches. I don't know oh, if you remember right. that or not. And no, I don't. Scotty, I don't like, remember. Scotty was kind of, you know, just he had a little bit more of an aggressive attitude. Very, You could see it very subtly. It was a nice little, I, want, I won't say slow build, but it was a nice little week that not a lot of people notice let 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 me ask you something before this match before this happens before scott turns against his brother when they're when they're just one of the greatest tag teams ever at any point do you think this guy's gonna have a really uh successful singles career i thought they missed the boat on it i I thought that because he Man, Scott Steiner in the early 90s was out of this world. And and I know they tried to kind of give him a little singles run, and, and he had a match with Flair for the world title. And, and the match just didn't get over well, and, and the, the people didn't take to Scotty. And I know that's why he had a lot of heat towards Ric Flair. He blamed Flair for it. Yeah. Um, I, I thought they missed the boat. I just figured, okay, like that's it. It's the Steiner brothers. And I didn't see, you know, Scott Steiner transformed his body. Um, to my god, genetic freak! Holy shit! Muscles on muscles on veins on muscles. I remember thinking that he must have like cut his arm open and shoved a couple tennis balls in there. Yeah, he had the biggest arms I've ever seen in my life. Oh, for sure. And Uh, that and that nick and that nickname worked for him. The genetic freak. Yeah, the 
like that was you know i'm not a big fan of steiner's uh solo stuff uh i i'm really not i i can't get my i can't wrap my head around scott steiner uh however some of the gimmicks that he used are so silly and absurd that they worked like freakzilla that's genius that's fucking genius yeah, holla if you hear me. Yeah, yeah it really is. He's doing push-ups while he's beating the shit out of guys. I loved it. Yeah, um, it was like a great deal. I I fucking hated the I hated Big Papa Bump as a face. Yeah, hated it. Face. But he was a great heel. I I like that he took elements of superstar Billy Graham. Yes, he did. He took elements of um. I uh, just drew a blank on my point there, but he he took superstar Billy Graham. He amped it up a little bit. He he took like this this really aggressive approach. Like he he did such a great job of reinventing himself. Let's uh, I, I'm gonna say there was shades of uh, influence of Lex Luger in there. A little bit of Lex Luger for sure. Yeah. Like I, I just Steiner, he did a great job, man. He he did a great job of transforming himself. He dyed his hair. Uh, he got that aggressive streak going. He was wild and unpredictable. Scott Steiner around this time was he was pretty awesome. Absolutely, and, and let's be honest. We always knew if the, if they were going to break up, Scotty was going to be the star over Rick. Um, yeah. You know, I love Rick Steiner though. I, I you know I, I do too, but Rick was always going to be the, uh, the 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 sidekick. Oh, you ain't throwing hey. Frankensteiners, man. And, and and he proved it, but you know after because what what did Rick really really do without Scotty beside him? You know what I liked Rick Steiner's heel run when he was the television champion. Okay, when he had that little like uh, blonde patch in the middle of his goatee, he was like a yeah, yeah. bully character. I I was a fan. I liked it. I mean, I mean, his biggest feud after fucking Scott uh, after Scott was fucking Chucky the the killer doll. So yeah, I'm not saying that he went <laughs> on to do great things. I'm just saying I was digging Rick Steiner. Yeah, uh, I, I, and, and to no fault. Have you ever? I want to just while we're talking about Scott Steiner, the story popped into my head. Are you, are you familiar with who John Pollock is? I recognize the name. He's a he's. He's like the Dave Meltzer of Canada. That's how I would describe him. He's a Toronto guy. He's a great journalist. I, I love John Pollock. The guy's got credibility out of his ass. He's, he's fucking awesome. Um, and he was interviewing Scott Steiner one time when he was in, in town doing a, a benefit show. And he, right. he said, so, Scott, tell me, about, um, tell me about how you invented the Hurricane Rana. And he, Scott Steiner got so fucking mad. First of all, it's called the Frankensteiner. And he just gave Pollock shit. Like, and it was like a shoot. Like, he was mad about it, right? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta go out of your way. I'm sure it's on YouTube. So, Scott Steiner, <laughs> he was a loose cannon, man. Oh, was he ever? I mean, still is. Yeah, he still is. Absolutely. So, that was your number four. Right? That was my number four. Yeah. Okay, we're getting into the top three now, Mike. I, I want here to see go. if I'm going to debate anything that you got going here. I hope not, because I, I, I feel really, really confident about, about, about my top three. I do. Uh, my, my, top, my number three um, is the one and only pick from, uh, from Ring of Honor, and we're talking about Kevin Steen and El Generico. All right. I respect this pick. I respect this pick. They were, just, they were this team, man, that 
they were they were the indie team. You know what I mean? Like like there was no harder tag team on the indie scene, uh, in or outside ROH, because they were all over the all over the fucking scene from Canada to the states, all over to Japan. They they did everything, and they did everything together, and they were the hardest tag team in the world. It's funny too, as as we record this, um, last night I actually watched them versus Tyler Black and and Jimmy Jacobs, where they won the Ring of Honor tag team title uh, this time. Great good match. match. And I and I, I and I and I. And I, uh, um, one of the influences to, to remind me of how great they were, I watched um, them versus the Briscoes oh, uh, a couple days ago. And, and, and two great tag teams, you know what I mean? That, that feud is, gets lost in the history of professional really wrestling. does. It's so good. But then, um, a gentleman that we both know and love in Steve Carino oh, gets... Gets involved in the story as well as Cole Cabana, and uh, and they just tell this great story, and and Steen turns into this really cocky heel, uh, ends up kicking Generico right in the fucking baby maker. Uh, well, yeah, build build up the breakup down. here, right? They Steen was teasing retirement at this time. I don't know if you yes, know he was. That he was. I I forgot about that part. A hundred percent, he was. And they had just lost to the Young Bucks that final mm-hmm. battle. Yeah. Many, yeah, it was kind of like everyone. Yeah, and then, the then they did. Then they did the little. Then they did the little hug and everything. And you're expecting, okay, well, they just lost. They hugged. This is it with Firstine. He's done. And Dick kicked him. And he fucking just knocked him right in the cock, and uh, and it changed the direction for both Steen and Generico at this point. Yeah, uh, you know, it turned Steel uh, Steen automatically into the one of the most hated monster heels on the roster and if generico couldn't already be a hot baby face he's now the hottest baby face with the most sympathy yeah oh yeah because he's because he is playing this he comes out week after week and he's losing matches because he's obsessed with kevin steen he he's his head isn't in the match he he's 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 thinking too much about you know, his follow-up with Steen, that he's losing matches. And, and you know, and then, like I mentioned before, a beautiful part of this story is the fact that each of these guys has somebody supporting them and somebody in their ear. Steen has Steve Carino. Steve uh, Gen- Carino. Generico has, uh, has Colt Cabana. Yeah, and, and Jimmy and Jacobs also so got involved funny. in this too. Jimmy Jacobs got involved. Um, there's a great uh, spot that I remember too when uh, Crino and Steen are doing an interview in the back with um, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, the 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 backstage announcer in, in Ring of Honor, yeah, and sure. and he and he asks a question about El, El Generico to Steen, and Steen cuts him off, and he says, first of all, those two words are never to be spoken to me ever again. This from this point on, this is the new Kevin Steen and this is the way where the way it's going to be and he grabs the guy and he kisses him on the forehead I love it and it was just like this new character emerged and it's the uh, some of the best heel work I've ever seen uh, from that era especially out of ROH and from and any of the, the best heel work I've seen from Kevin Steen um, okay. They it's built amazing. This for, they built this up, and it, this feud lasted for a whole year, which yes, by modern-day wrestling is a miracle. 
Um, yes. You know, and like you said, there was tag matches with Cabana. They did last man standing matches. And actually, because you mentioned this match on this list, uh, already posted on our YouTube page now, unless uh, it's copyright infringed, which happens a lot. Uh, a watch along of Dan and myself, we did the blow off match of Steen versus Generico, a loser leave town match. Oh, man, I'm jealous. I wish I was in on that. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a cool little last minute thing that Jay and I put together. Hopefully, it doesn't get barred from YouTube like 90% of the watch alongs have been so far. Uh, <laughs> if it is, though, I will post it on our Facebook page because this match was awesome. Jay had never seen uh, this match before because it wasn't in the new generation era, as we like to say <laughs> all the time. So um, he must have been impressed on uh, with this because they're did, two yeah. great guys, you know, and especially if you're if you're in tune with modern wrestling and you know who Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are, it's cool. It's cool to go back and see where they came from. If if, if you're not familiar, take a look at what happened after this too. So they had the year long feud. Then uh, I believe generico went away for a bit. Steen went away, sorry. Steen went away for about Steen a year. went away first, yeah. And then Generico went away for a bit. Steen ended up winning the world title when he came well, back, right? Well, Ge- well Generico, um, uh, he actually was saving orphans from a fire. That's right. But they, <laughs> they had a second rekindling of the feud. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because I remember being at a show in Toronto, a pay-per-view that you put on your top Canadian pay-per-views of all time. Yeah. Unforgiven, which I can't believe. Matt, come on. Let um, it go. But the end of that pay-per-view was Kevin Steen getting a package that had El Generico's mask in it. And then they had that great ladder match, uh, which blew off their feud until they got back to WWE. Right. Right. Yeah. Fight for Whatever, man, Steen and Generico, I, I love it, man. That's a great number three. I think that's a great spot for it. What do you What do you got for your number two then? I think now, I, I think I know what this is, right? Well, I think everybody is. If If you think my number one is predictable, I my number two has to be predictable as, as well. I, I think everybody say say it with me, everybody. Edge and, and Christian. Christian, of course, it's Edge and Christian. Us Canadians know how to do it. Of course it's Edging Christian. How could it not be Edging Christian? Um, you know, it was... Uh, what, what, what a great thing. Number one, it happened in Toronto. I was makes there. It, which makes it ten times more special. You were at the show, yeah? I was, I was at the show. They did back-to-back tapings in Toronto. Uh, night one was Monday Night Raw where this happened. And night two, and I don't care what anybody says, I'll fight you is uh, SmackDown, and it was where the what chant was invented. Oh. It was the first promo that Steve Austin cut, and, and what was over at this point, I'm not saying Toronto made what over, but it was the first promo that he cut where after he finished a sentence, the whole crowd yelled what. And he made oh. a against RVD that night. I don't, I don't want credit for that. I no, really don't. take it. I love it. I'm taking it. That uh, I love the what chant with Steve Austin, not without Steve Austin, with Steve Austin. Good lord, I will fight you on the moon. Him and RVD main evented that night. I I still have the RVD foam finger thumbs from that show. Yeah, I'm a mark. Whatever. That's fine. Ugh. Um. <laughs> So, so getting back to this breakup. Sorry, I got um, excited. I was here. Yeah, yeah. Childhood yeah. memories. <laughs> um, from 98 on, 
Edge and Christian uh, have been a, a great tag team. Um, they've been one of the hottest tag teams in the world. They've they've gone and done some of the most amazing matches. They they they've they've reinvented the ladder match at this point. You know, they've they've really done some special things. But now it's time for them to do do their own kind of thing. And uh, there's no one hotter than Edge right now, is there? Oh. I mean, he, he's the Intercontinental Champion. He is the newly crowned King of the Ring. What the awesome Grey Cup trophy. Thank you. <laughs> Which I hate the CFL, but fuck, I love that they made it look like the Grey Cup trophy. <laughs> you got to be Canadian to get that, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so by I, the way, so, the CFL. So I'm Mad Dog in the rest of China. Yeah. I love Mad Dog. Don't get me started. He's my he's the boy. Sorry, Mad Dog, and uh, sorry, America, but I'm not sorry because you've probably never watched the CFL, and it is fucking awful. <laughs> I, I I can't lie. I was a I was a Renegades fan back in the day. Yeah, of course, you're such a mark. <laughs> How's that make me a mark? I don't know. I just want. I'm getting aggressive. Oh, okay. You're all right. Yeah. You, I, you, I, get, I you need to take a sip of that white cloth. I might have snuck a jack. No, I didn't yeah. sneak a jack. I'm just kidding. And take a sip of that white cloth. Oh, it's delicious. Rawr. Um, so, so anyways, uh, you know, Edgy is hot as fuck, but, uh, you know, Christian's just kind of there for the ride. And uh, maybe getting a little jealous. And uh, he, I'm trying to remember if I'm, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen this match in a long time. Okay. Uh, was Edge facing Lance Storm? Hundred percent. I remember that okay. I was furious because the match was like three minutes long. Yeah, yeah, it was a short I'm a match. Landstorm mark and a half. Love Landstorm. And after the match, um, Lance, I want to say he attacks Edge or something like that. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, prompting Christian to run out with a chair in his hand. Yeah, and save the day. And then uh, they chase they chase uh, Lance out. Uh, they play the music. Um, he uh, Edge go, or, uh, Christian goes to leave the ring, but he just he grabs that beautiful Grey Cup trophy and brings it back and hands it over the Edge. Edge poses with the trophy, and then Christian lays him out with a fucking chair across the back. No, I'm sorry, not across the back. He fucking oh, clocked him in the face. Them. Yeah, so yeah. I'll back crack him. I'll back. Backstory this even a little bit more. Earlier that night, Christian decided that he was going to become a champion as well and challenge The Rock for the WCW world title. Right. Home country in front of their mom, right? In front of their aunt, or I don't remember what the gimmick was. And and Christian was uh, on the phone and the aunt wanted to talk to Edge. And then Edge did the conversation, handed the phone back, and Christian was like, hey, Auntie, where'd you go? You're not there anymore. You don't want to talk to Christian. And then he lost the rock and was distraught. He was he was not in a good place. And then yeah, <laughs> he came out with that chair and, and he tattooed Edge right in the face with it. And then the best part about it was he stood over top of Edge with that gray cup trophy, put it in the air, kissed it like it was a Stanley Cup, and just fucking slammed it on him, man. It was yeah. such a great angle. Holy and shit. then uh, and then he hit him with a concerto if I if I'm not he mistaken. Did. One man can share them. Was that the first ever. one man can share? Thank you. Okay. I want to say this was the first one man concerto. I'll show you the ticket stuff. I was there, man. I, this is one of the best live moments I've ever seen. 
yeah, it was uh, it was a hell of a thing. I think it's very fitting for my number two. Yeah, and it, and again, you talk about the slow build. Christian, ever since King of the Ring, was getting pissed out, jealous, jealous little brother. And he, he, you know, at SummerSlam and him and Storm fought, Edge and Storm fought for the IC title. Christian tried to help Edge, caught and interfered in the wrong time. Same thing at King of the Ring, tried to help Edge and, and cost Edge again. It was very coincidental accidents on Christian's part. Exactly. I love yeah, it. Yeah, great, great moment, story. great story, everything. Tell me a um, story. What's that? I said, tell me a story. I'll take that story over a Canadian destroyer any day of the week. Yes, agree, one thousand percent. Now we've already uh, we've already spoiled it. You all know what our number one is, so we're going to talk about the Rockers in just a minute. Yeah, but uh, we're going to go back old school to uh, to original counted out, and uh, let's throw out some uh, honorable mentions before we get to the Rockers. All right, what was the hardest match that you had to? Sorry, match. What was the hardest split up that you had to leave off this list? Uh, the hardest split up. Um, Hall and Nash. You... Hall and Nash was really hard. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, that 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 was a hard one. Um. <sighs> okay, the one I'm about to say. Everything else kind of worked as a uh, normal mention. This one here, it's the moment that does it for me. But that's it. That's why I didn't because it's just a moment. But yeah. it's the Kane and RVD breakup. Yeah, man, I had that on my honorable mentions. I had I couldn't justify putting it on the list for any other reason, but it's such a great moment. Yeah, the, that's right when he lost his mask. That's, right? that he he lost. Uh, there was a stipulation put on Kane. If he lost the Triple H, he would have to take his mask off. He lost to Triple H. Um, Steve Austin came out, and and RVD was out there as his partner, and they they were you know basically trying to give him support but he was too mentally distraught and he ripped the mask off and then he just went loco and fucking killed rvd um ending ending their their partnership uh, in tow so um that's a good one man i like that great great moment couldn't make the list but a great moment um other stuff i threw on my honorables um brett and owen okay good i had that on my own almost you're gonna kick my leg out of my leg on that one yeah <laughs> um you know they, they they didn't tag enough to be on the list yeah but they but it, but it but it's great um another great one and i'll tell you why i couldn't make the list um the breakup of Shawn michaels and triple h which one the second one like that, the, uh, like the the, the, the one his comeback thing yeah. yeah when he yeah. came back and they were doing the dx thing and then sh- and then place turns around and fucking pedigrees him it's a great moment i love it but here's the thing they hadn't tagged up in five fucking years i get it so get it. so do you so do you count it as a tag team i don't know i get it you know so uh so it's that um what else was on my list rock and sock i had that on my honorable mentions as well uh, mm-hmm. Mick Foley distraught because he thought The Rock threw his book in the garbage. And uh, Al Snow. <laughs> Al Snow did it for The Rock. I know. Oh, that, wait, that was uh, right. I know a friend of the show, Wilson's got a smile on his face here. Yeah, I'm Al. sure he does. I know that. <laughs> what else you got? I got some deep cuts. Uh, so I want to hear I, what you got. I just got two more. Yeah. Uh, I've got, uh, I've got, uh, we're going to talk about Kane again. Uh, Kane and X-Pac. Okay, okay. I like how uh, they kind of teased. Uh, so Xbox 
has rejoined the reformed DX. They kind of teased Kane joining DX, but instead, uh, not only does he low blow and uh, and uh, betray his partner, but he steals his girlfriend too. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> it was a it was a cool moment. And um, you got to talk about the British Bulldogs, right? Did they have a split up? In Stampede, they did. Ah, look at you with the team cut. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's got to be because they, they had already done their big run in WWF. And then they went back to Stampede. Yeah, yeah, broke, yeah. Okay. Then they broke up in Stampede, feuded for a cup of coffee, and then came back to WWF for, as singles. Fair, you know what? I was just uh, I just downloaded a couple uh, Davy Boy versus uh, Dynamite matches from from Japan. So, oh wow! Okay, cool. Yeah, I did that uh, the other night. Actually, I'm gonna watch those uh, when we're done recording here. All right, uh, I respect there, that. There was, a, there was a few I wrestled with. Like, I know some people are yelling at me, going, "What about LOD?" I wasn't uh, a fan of the LOD like, breakup. I wasn't. Yeah, um, I didn't even put that um, mention. Sm- the, the smoking guns, they, 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 no. it could have been better. It just could have been a lot more than what it was. I got some deep cuts for you. All right. All right. Let's talk about Strike Force, man. Yeah. Okay. Um, remind, I, I, okay. There's a couple that didn't make my list or my honorable mentions because I couldn't find the footage of them online to remind me of what they were. Strike Force was one of those. Strike Force is Tito Santana and Rick Martel, your boy, by the way. I thought for sure they were going to sneak on your number seven because Martel is your boy. I, I love me some Martel. I love me some Strike Force. I don't remember their breakup. So basically, they lost the tag titles demolition at WrestleMania 4, right? Shortly after that, they had a rematch on whatever superstars, I would guess, right? Whatever their show was. Um, and Demolition put Martel on the shelf for about a year. They gave him their the Demolition elbow drop, you know, their finish. Right. They did that on the floor, and Martel it, got stretched out. And you didn't oh. see him. You didn't see him until WrestleMania five, when uh, they were going to face the Brainbusters, their return match, right? Right. And Tito accidentally nailed Rick Martel with the flying forearm, and Martel got hot about it and walked out on Tito in the middle of the match. And turn and turned heel, and that started their feud. Okay, so I like the Strike Force feud. Uh, there was not a great follow up to it, unfortunately. Uh, kind of like the Rockers, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, a couple other ones I had on here. Let's go. Um, the Colossal Connection, Haku and Andre the Giant, man. Okay. What about that great breakup? WrestleMania six in Toronto. Uh, they lost the titles to Demolition again, and then Andre did his big baby face turn, got a swan song. I thought that was a cool little moment. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take heat for this one. Uh, the follow-up was one of the worst follow-ups in wrestling history, but the heel turn was great. The Bella Twins. Oh, I'm not giving you heat on that. Nikki, um, Nikki turning on Brie during that match yeah. with Stephanie. Uh, yeah, I, I gave a lot of thought to talking about it. Um I just didn't have time to go back and revisit it or anything like that. So, uh, and my memory of it isn't good enough. Like to make my list, either I had to be able to rewatch it or my memory has to be really good. Um, for example, the edge and Christian breakup. I ha- I haven't watched it in years, but God damn, was it so good that I remember it? Yeah. And that's the right number two. 
Um, yeah. So where where the Bella breakup, I I don't rem- I don't remember it well enough to talk about it, and I haven't I didn't have time to go back and watch it. Fair, fair. I I got the Million Dollar Man and Virgil on my list as well. Okay, and there's I I was about to talk about two matches that I wanted to talk about today, but I can't find the fucking footage on YouTube or anything like that, so I I didn't talk about it. DiBiase and Virgil was one of them. I I have memories as a kid marking out when it happened but i can't find the footage to to watch it now so yeah it's, uh, uh, royal royal rumble 91 is when they did their breakup okay um sean and diesel the other match um that i i couldn't talk about because i can't find the the footage was uh christopher dangles and aj styles yeah they had a couple breakups and then tna right yeah yeah, fair. Um, Sean and Diesel had a nice Sean little... Sean and Diesel, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I won't argue with that. That's a good one. I don't think it's strong enough to make the list. Same no. with this one. It was just a great heel turn. Hogan and Paul Orndorff. I think you can kind of put that with Hogan and Shawn Michaels, though, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I got a, I got a real deep cut here, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, Lex Luger and Barry Windham. Yeah, okay. Because uh, Wyndham ended up turning heel on Luger and joining the Horsemen there, right? That right, was a uh, right. uh, clash of the champions number two. And then that's I, funny because you know which one I almost talked about? What's that? Was Wyndham, Wyndham and Dustin Rhodes. Hey, there you go. Okay, Dustin Rhodes and Wyndham, absolutely. The last two I went with are faction splits. and I, So I don't know if they count or not. But I went with uh, Sting and the Horsemen slash Sting and Ric Flair in 1989 and in 1995. But okay, yeah. I, I just love that promo. If you guys have never watched Ole Anderson kick and sting out of the Four Horsemen in 1989, do yourself a favor and, and stop or the second that this finishes, go on YouTube and, and type in Sting kicked out of the Horsemen in 1989. Ole cuts such a promo on Sting. It, it's, it's an amazing moment. Uh, and then 95 was just fun because we all saw it coming. Yeah, uh, and then the last one I put is uh, Evolution Batista and Triple H, but again, it's not an okay, official so, tag team. So, so, so I, I, I'll give you that. Um, what do you like more, Batista and Triple H or Randy and Triple H? Oh, Batista and Triple H. I'll put that over the Shield. I'll put that over Randy. I I think uh, Batista and Triple H is that. That's the way that that's the that build with Batista turning on Triple H was fucking awesome. Okay, good. Uh, those right. are my honorable mentions. Yeah, let, 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 let's shoot on the Rockers because it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I got to work at 7. <laughs> let, 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 let's get to one of the greatest tag teams of all time to never actually hold the WWF championships. Officially. Officially. What do you think about this breakup? What made this breakup the best of all time? The emotions behind it, um, the emotions behind it, and two words made the moment the best. My words are Bobby Heenan. Oh man, he was so good, eh? Okay, listen, we talked about just last week on the show. We talked about the '92 Royal Rumble, right? Yeah. And we talked we talk about how Heenan made that Rumble. Heenan made moments. All right. So when Heenan, he's he's like, are they going to break up? What are they going to do? Are they going to break up? Then they get back together. They hug. I I knew it. I knew they wouldn't break up. The one's no good without the other. Yeah. 
Sean, Sean kicks Marty in the face and goes, I knew it. I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> I knew he was going to do that. He's the best. Fuck, I love Bobby. He's the best. Uh, and but, it, for you guys, uh, if you haven't listened to our Dave Penzer interview yet, Dave Penzer talks about some great Bobby Heenan stuff too. So Bobby Heenan's just the best, man. And then you know what? Jimmy Corderas actually tells a great Bobby Heenan story, too. If you guys haven't listened to those two interviews yet, make sure to check them out in the archives. Now, give me, because your memory is a lot better than mine. I'm bad with, with time sometimes. Remind me of the year of this. Was it 91 or 92? This was, uh, so they started teasing the breakup at Survivor Series of 91. Okay. Uh, when Sean, Sean, Marty picked up one of the nasty boys for a, a body slam. And it kicked yes. Sean in the head and made Sean get eliminated from the match, right? Right, exactly. And then, then they had a, a failed tag team title match against LOD on Superstars. Yeah. With dissension, and they were pushing each other. And Sean yeah. looked like he was going to turn heel. And then they went to the barber shop. And then, so we're talking 1992. We're still in a very cartoonish state of professional wrestling. Yeah, this was... This was um, a week before the Royal Rumble 92 as well. Right. You didn't see blood in professional wrestling? Not, not in WWF anyways. You didn't see violence like this. You didn't, see, you didn't see extreme like graphic violence? You didn't see anything that could really, truly, honestly be um, described as real. Nothing really blurred the lines back then. You know, it was all very cartoony. Like, like the worst you got was, you know, the stuff the you know the got was was you know, Ultimate Warrior getting caught uh, trapped in a casket or, or Papa Shango putting a fucking curse on somebody. Man, you know that what I mean? Scared me. I was in grade two when that happened. That just scared <laughs> the shit out of me. But now you not only do you have a best friend kicking his best friend in the fucking face. Now, no, that wasn't enough. He then grabbed his best friend from the by the back of the head. And threw him through a plate glass window. Unreal, eh? You, you never saw this kind of shit. And I remember, at this point in time, I'm, I think I'm 10 years old. And I'm shitting my pants. Because the Rockers were my favorite tag team. And I am shitting my pants. Because I don't know how to feel. I don't know who to root for now because my tag team's broken up. But at the same time, I'm, I don't know what kayfabe is. I think everything shoot. Yeah. So I'm just watching blood pour out of Marty Jannetty's head for the first time. I've never seen blood in professional wrestling. Oh, no kidding, eh? And it scared the fuck out of me. It messed me up. And the fact is, we're still talking about this 30 goddamn years later, man. It's, it's crazy. And what made this angle even more real and believable was uh, on a shoot level is Marty actually got fired after this, right? Yeah. So he was gone for a year. He didn't come back for a whole year. And uh, during that time, he uh, banged his sister and killed a guy. Oh, man. That's Marty. Oh, Marty. <laughs> what a mess. Can we make Marty Jannetty like the WCW of 2000 and just try to skip just over it? About yeah, just try to skip over it every time. What could have been Marty Jannetty? Oh, oh, you know, instead of that, every show from now on, I'm just going to bring up that Marty Jannetty once killed a guy. I'll tell you what. If you do that, 
I will make him our next guest. You do that. You don't think that I'll shoot well, him a couple times to get on the show? I'll you, tell you, what. you think he's going to make me disappear? I will. Well, I don't know. A couple of other guests did, but that wasn't your fault. <laughs> Fair low, low, low. Um, I'll tell you what. If you guys want to see Mike go one-on-one with Marty Janetti, let's start a Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> I'm sure Marty's going to charge us to come on the show. So. No, fucking Marty will do it for an eight ball and a sandwich. Oh, shit. Oh, we are shooting. Mike is shooting tonight. <laughs> uh, but either way, this is the greatest breakup of all time, without a question. It it just just sucks. And I think it's going to be for a very long time. It just sucks <laughs> that the follow-up wasn't... Yeah. Bad. Well, Marty... I think they broke up for a good goddamn reason. They see all, they saw a future in Sean and Marty. Don't get me wrong, Marty was talented as all fuck. He really was, but Marty was a mess even back yeah. then. Yeah. You think Shawn Michaels was a fucking cokehead? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, but Sean at the same time, Sean had that charisma. Sean had that thing about him that he could. Just wrap people around his finger. I'm not talking about Sonny. Oh, boy. You are shooting tonight. Are you sure you're not drinking White Claws, man? <laughs> you're, you're, talking like we're, you're talking like you're Terry Funk Jack Daniels right now. Uh, I'm a couple Sleemans deep, but that's about it. There we go. Um, but uh, Marty, Marty didn't have that. You know what I mean? Marty wasn't Shawn Michaels. Nobody was Shawn Michaels. Um, that doesn't mean he wasn't talented. No, uh, Marty was damn talented. Marty was. I know we like to poke fun. Like, in all seriousness. Yeah, in all seriousness, we poke fun at Marty Janetti, but holy fuck, that guy can work, man. Damn right. Um, you know, uh, I think they, they, the downfall really started with Marty when uh, after they got sued for uh, breaking that dude's neck. Yeah. Uh, do you remember that? Yeah, uh, they hit the rock the dropper. dropper. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know uh, what? If if Marty could have got out of his own way, I think we would be talking about him not in Shawn Michaels level because Shawn is no. a one of a kind. Yeah, but I think he'd be up there, man. I I think we'd be talking about him like um, uh, not a Jericho, but a you know a strong mid Carter like that. You know what I mean? Like most I, I think I, I think we'd be talking about him in the, in those high regards. I think he could have had a hell of a career. I just think he got in his own way. I mean, they put the they put the, the IC tra- strap on Marty. They, it's not like they didn't try with him. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, uh, you know maybe, and maybe like a, a Ricky Steamboat or a Mr. Perfect level of. Uh, I think he could have been right there with those guys. I'm not gonna lie to you, dude, <laughs> and I, and I'm probably alone on this, but I actually liked the uh, the little run they did where uh, um, Shawn Michaels was, was uh, feuding with Leaf Cassidy. Uh, oh God. With, with, with Marty on the side. I, I liked that. I thought that was funny. I like, you know what I liked? I, I, I got a kick out of that as well. Um, I like when they brought Marty back and, and they did the Rockers oh, like reunion. The stuff with Kurt Angle? Yeah. Marty and Kurt a great match. And, and the Rockers reunion against Lab Resistance was great. I thought for sure that they were going to give Marty a contract. They did. And, Fucked it up. Yeah, they did. They signed him, and he got in his own way again. Yeah. But what a bummer. Yeah, anyway, it's really too 
too bad. Um, you know, we, we pulled Charlie Murray, but uh, it's a sad situation what he's done to himself. And I, I have no sympathy for Marty because I, I do think that he's fucked himself over. Yeah. But at the same time, it is, it is very sad. Um, I hope one day Marty finds peace. Man, get him in contact with DDP. DDP can fix everybody. Oh, shit. All right. But until he finds peace, I'm going to remind everybody that he tried to bang his daughter and he killed a dude. Was Mark the guy? I can't remember if it was Marty or Brutus that fell asleep in the subway station with his bag of coke out and they called in an anthrax scare. Yeah, that was Brutus. That was Brutus. That was Brutus. <laughs> that was Brutus. I fucking love that. <laughs> what a great story. What a doubt. All right. So we've, we've just finished talking about the greatest tag team breakups of all time. Please leave and Mike I, all of your feedback. I think we're on a roll here. I think this might be like the third list in a roll that I've done that you are on like majority agreement with me. I, for the most part, I, I'm with you on that one. And I, I don't know why, but I just deleted all of my honorable mentions as we were talking. But I, I can't. <laughs> I can't think of something that you missed. I, I maybe would have put like Strike Force on there. Like even the things I thought you were going to give me heat for, you you agreed with. So that's no, because uh, I get I get it. You know what I mean? Like the Magic Powers, you thought I was going to give you heat for, but they weren't a real tag team. I get it. I I, I understand all that stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm down with it. I, I thought you I thought your list was good this week, and I don't know. Maybe it's because I started drinking a lot heavier on your list, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot more fun when you when it's my week because you just crack open a bottle and say fuck the research. Pretty much, man. But I will tell you, next week you got me doing some research. Yes, sir. And I know we said this last week on the show. So, Mike, why don't you remind everybody what I'm going to be counting down next week? How about you do that? Because I forget. You forget? Oh my god. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you why. We're we're going to break kayfabe here. Uh, <laughs> me and Tyler are trying our best to uh, get some extra shows done so that we don't fuck up like we did in the past and miss a, and miss a week. So that way, if one of us can't make it, we have a show all ready to go. Yeah, so, I have no idea, so I have no idea what week we're on right now. Man, so, so basically what you're saying is I can make anything up right now and just we're, we're good to go, right? Is it one of our SummerSlam weeks? It is. It's our first week of SummerSlam. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take a wild guess. I yeah. think it's the best tag team matches of SummerSlam. You would be correct. I am gonna okay. be doing the best tag team matches in the history of SummerSlam. I have a list of twenty matches made up right now that I will be trying to watch over the next week. Um, I'm excited for this list. You know, I'm a tag team mark, and SummerSlam and tag team wrestling go hand in hand. the The tag team matches in the history of this pay per view are. You know, the first two pay-per-views were main-evented by tag team matches, right? Yeah. So there's some cool stuff to go back. You know, I'm going to try to find some deep cuts like I always do. I'm excited for this one. This is the start of SummerSlam time, everybody. Get hyped we, up. Which means I have two lists I really got to start fucking working on. That's right. Well, we, on our live show, you're going to be hitting up the top seven Randy Orton matches in SummerSlam history. Yeah. Um, I've, I've kind of been keeping an eye on, I, I've been doing a little bit of research on that too. I'm curious to see if our number ones line up because I have one in my head that I, I think is a, an underrated Randy match. That is my favorite so far, but I have to watch it a little more. I got to do my research. Now, uh, and, 
And I have another SummerSlam week too, right? That's right. We're kind of going back and forth on on your last one, right? Or was there? Did we decide what it is? I can't even remember what the fucking options were. Well, whatever. Well, well, you and I will talk off camera. All right, all right. We'll we're fucking we'll rambling on air here, and everyone's like, "Holy shit! Put a bow on this, guys." Yeah. Well, well, we're, we're gonna. We just plugged the uh, SummerSlam show, so uh, make sure you're seeing that at uh, three o'clock SummerSlam Sunday on Instagram. You better be there, and we're going to tell you why you got to be there. Um, now we haven't figured it out as of this recording. We don't know how we're how we're doing it, but you'll know by now because we'll have announced it uh, probably on our Instagram live by now. That's uh, correct. So you know by now that we are giving away a autographed picture of Terry Funk. Not a picture, a trading card. Which what brand is the trading card? That that's it's, important. It's that like original set from like '86. It was right after WrestleMania two. They put okay. out this set of trading cards. Uh, I have stumbled upon an autograph. Oh, I, think I had that card. set. Was yeah, that the was that the WrestleMania set? It was the WrestleMania, and, uh, <sighs> it, and you could make that giant King Kong Bundy versus Hulk Hogan. Uh, you know what Maybe, I mean? No, I think all I, the cards together. No, no, no. I had a different set. My my set was WrestleMania's um, one through four. And it was all the greatest moments of one through four. That's what my set was. One through six. I got the same one. Okay. I'm a mark. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, don't have it anymore, but I had it as a kid. We will be uh, giving away an autograph, Terry Funk. I think the way it's going to work, uh, whatever. I'm not going to say it here because it's already been announced. We'll do an Instagram yeah, yeah, live. You no, know, we, we haven't figured it out yet as of this recording. But by the time this, this show comes out, we'll have already announced it on Instagram Live. So you guys already know about this. But uh, you know that the only way to really to know if you've won is to watch us on Instagram on August the 23rd at 3 o'clock. That's right. We want to, uh, we're going to announce the winner on our Instagram show. And then we want you to buzz in. I want to talk to you. Yeah. Unless you don't have Instagram and then whatever, we'll figure it out. But either way, join us on Instagram live. Doug set doing a live performance of our theme song. Top seven Randy Orton matches of all time. Uh, next week, top seven SummerSlam tag team matches of all time. It's SummerSlam season, baby. Let's go. Ah, love SummerSlam, man. Me too. Oh, me SummerSlam. Well, I don't got anything else to say this week. You got anything you want to say? No, we are good. I got to go to bed and uh, get a good four-hour sleep, uh, possibly, maybe. Doubt it. Um, so uh, I, I got I got to go and start watching some tag team matches. Um, I should go to sleep, but I know that I, I've been addicted to the show Doom Patrol lately, so I know I'm going to go and watch an episode of Doom Patrol before I go to bed because oh, I'm a God. fucking yeah. But uh, yeah, until next time, uh, on behalf of uh, the greatest tag teams to break up in the history, um, not including us, because hopefully uh, the Counting Out crew will never break up. That's right. Watch out for that super kick, though. But uh, if we do, Tyler is the Marty. Damn it. <laughs> uh, until next time, man, we've been counted out. Cheers. <laughs>